The Lifestylist, episode 198, featuring Mark Langdon. I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. All right, here's the deal, guys. I've been into the health and wellness scene for 22 plus years now. I've seen a lot of different supplements come and go, a lot of different devices and modalities come and go. One that I found last year in 2017, I feel is never going to go, and that's called red light therapy or photobiomodulation. You can go back to episode number 169 of the Lifestylist podcast and learn all about it where I interview the founders of Juve, not just about the Juve products that I'm going to tell you about right now, but just about this therapy altogether. Uh, There are thousands of clinical studies on red light therapy. So if you're serious about your health, it's hard to ignore that research and hard science. This is not woo-woo stuff. I'm into some woo-woo stuff. Nothing wrong with that, but this is seriously effective treatment. Okay, so whether you're trying to improve your skin, reduce joint pain, get better sleep, or really improve your testosterone production, which has been one of the major benefits for me, then red light therapy with the Juve is going to be a major investment in your health. Now, I use my Juve religiously, but I really miss it when I travel. I mean, the thing's like five feet tall or something, so it sits here in my office when I'm gone, and I really miss it. (laughs) I want to hug my Juve. So that's why I'm super pumped about their new handheld device. It's called the Juve Go, and it gives you all the same Juve red light power, but it fits in the palm of your hand, so you can take it anywhere. And you can also kind of use it, you know, spot use it, like in certain areas. Like for guys, I'll just give you a little hint. If you're trying to raise your testosterone, you use it down in the nether regions. I know it sounds weird, but that's what a lot of the science is actually about. So to check out the Juve units, whether it's the modular ones like I have or the handheld, all you have to do is head over to juve.com forward slash Luke. That's J-O-O-V-V.com forward slash Luke. And once you're over there, you're going to see a special bonus the Juve team is uh, hooking you up with if you're a listener. So just use the code Luke at checkout and you're going to get a free gift. So that's juve.com forward slash Luke and use the code Luke at checkout. Let's say what's up to Organifi. Now, everyone knows, I think by now, if you're remotely into health, that green juice is really good for you. But have you ever actually tried juicing? It's kind of a pain in the ass and it's quite expensive. Now, I do it when I have time. I'll get on a kick and, oh, I'm going to make celery juice every morning because I'm like on the medical medium thing or whatever. I mean, I've been juicing for years, but it's expensive to buy all those vegetables and it takes a lot of time. And, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but time is money. So Organifi makes a green juice powder. It's an organic superfood green juice powder that you just add to water and you get your greens on the go. It's super fast, super easy. It tastes good. It's got a zillion superfoods in it. Way too many to name here. We'd be here all day. But it's um, it's 100% legit and it's kind of sweet. It's got a really nice minty sort of flavor to it. And it helps me get my energy going. I usually put this in my morning smoothie or I just have it right away. Um, I use them on the plane. I uh, travel with them. I keep them in my hotel room. It's kind of like the first thing I drink when I wake up in the morning most of the time. So I'm very stoked to keep supporting this brand. They've been with the show for a long time. I love them. They love me. They love you. 
So much, in fact, that they're willing to give you 20% off your order if you go to Organifi.com forward slash Luke. That's Organifi with an I. Organifi.com forward slash Luke. Now, if you want to hook up that 20%, you're going to use the code Lifestylist at checkout. That's Organifi.com forward slash Luke. The code is Lifestylist. Mic check one, two. This is Luke Story delivering this podcast to you from Hollywood, California. Today's guest is Mr. Mark Langdon. He's a foremost expert on EMF protection. He's also the founder and CEO of Blue Shield, a wellness company dedicated to the protection of humans and animals like you from the wireless nightmare that plagues mankind today. So I've been doing a lot of shows on EMFs lately on 5G Those of you that have been following the podcast, I'm sure heard the story of how I recently discovered that I was living unknowingly under two giant cell towers for over three years before I discovered that fact. Something you might not know is that I was using Mark's product, which is called The Cube, made by his company Blue Shield, in my old apartment. Now, I was experiencing all of these common symptoms of EMF exposure. I mean, like acute chronic exposure, such as uh, dizziness, vertigo, brain fog, sleeplessness, headaches, etc. for three years, not knowing that I was living next to these damn cell towers because they were hidden. Had I seen them, I would have just moved, but they were hidden behind these sort of faux walls on the top of the office building across the street from my apartment. One day I happened to wander up there because I wanted to watch the sunrise As our next week's again guest, Jack Cruz, instructed me to do, I walk up on the roof, see all these Verizon warning, warning, radiation signs, and um, my heart starts beating. I start freaking out and think, no, not me. Mr. Biohacker, Mr. Health Nut, Mr. I'm totally paranoid of EMFs already. Yes, I open the doors and there we go. Two massive cell towers pointed right at my bedroom about 100 yards away. After that, I started kind of tracking back time. Oh, wow. When I moved in here is when I started getting vertigo and dizzy and my eyes went bad and my sleep sucked and I would wake up with headaches and brain fog and started having all of these horrendous symptoms. Then I thought back to the past year or so. I forget you know, the time exactly, but however many months, a year when I got this thing called the Cube by Blue Shield. And I could correlate that those symptoms subsided dramatically once I put that device in my apartment, even though I was still living next to the cell tower. And it was at that point that I decided, dude, I got to interview this guy. Whatever these devices do, these strange scalar waves, this energy technology, quantum physics, woo-woo stuff, um, there is really something to it. Because not only did I not know that I was becoming sick from living next to cell towers because I didn't know that they were there, I also didn't know that that's what was helping me to feel better exactly until after I moved back, um, after I moved out of that apartment and then sort of did a um, backtracking to see when the symptoms started and when they ended. Needless to say, uh, Blue Shield technology or not, I moved out of that damn apartment and now I'm living in a radiation-free home in Laurel Canyon. So I don't get cell service up here now, but I have to have Wi-Fi in my house so that I can use my phone and internet. So I still have my Blue Shield devices in here, still have one in my very high EMF Uh, car. My car is just an absolute nightmare of EMFs, but I love my car. So I use the Blue Shield in there. And then when I'm flying and walking around, I have the little pocket model. So I'm super into this technology and I'm super into our guest, Mark, very knowledgeable guy. He's been into the EMF game for a long, long time. And you're going to be fascinated to learn 
at the mitigation techniques that he's come up with because they don't involve blocking the EMFs. Like, I mean, you'd have to live in a Faraday cage or go live in the middle of the woods to really do that. But what they do is they attune your body and biology to different frequencies that override the frequencies of the EMFs. It's really trippy stuff. So here's what we talk about in this action-packed episode, what EMFs actually are and what the purpose of them is in our technology. Then the effects of EMFs on the human body, what EMFs do to our blood cells specifically, why blue light is so bad for you, what 5G is and how much it will affect us moving forward as a species. And then finally, how Mark started learning about EMFs in the first place. And as I said, he's been in the game a long, long time. I think he was studying the effects of EMFs before any of us even knew that they existed. Then single frequency machines and why they are dangerous for your body. What are scalar waves and how they influence your biology? And more specifically, how we can use scalar waves to harmonize our environment and render us safe from the harmful effects of EMFs. Then the movement of nature and water and the environmental effects of this technology. Quantifying Blue Shield's research to know if the products are actually working. Then, of course, we talk about in greater detail my own experience using the Blue Shield products, muscle testing and the blood test that Mark's company uses to prove the efficacy of their products, the dairy cow testing and chicken testing that they um, partook in to uh, really, you know, test if this was placebo or not. Really trippy stuff. It's like animal testing that doesn't hurt the animals, but rather helps the animals. Really cool stuff. And finally, Mark goes into um, UHF and VHF radiation. And those are two things that are really in our environment, especially in cities that no one talks about. And they are narnar, super gnarly. And then the benefit of uh, living in a less populated area in relation to EMF exposure. And then finally, Mark tells us about some exciting new developments on the horizon for his company, Blue Shield. And my guess is that by the end of this interview, you're probably going to get uh, pretty thirsty for some of these Blue Shield products. So if you do, I'm just going to tell you how to do that right now. You can go to blueshield-us.com. That's B-L-U-S-H-I-E-L-D. So leave the E out of blue, blueshield-us.com. And if you want to check it out, you can use the code Luke and save 10% off. Booyah. Love it when that happens. All right, so that's all I've got to say right now, folks. Um, oh, no, it's not. Psych. Whoa, got to tell you something else. So those of you that love Jack Cruz's last episode on 5G and all of the wacky conspiracies that we talked about, it gets even deeper because that same weekend, I recorded a mastermind biohacking roundtable conversation with not only Jack Cruz, but also my friends Aaron Alexander and Matt Maruka. So essentially next Tuesday's episode is myself, Aaron, and Matt interviewing Jack Cruz. And we kind of just locked him in his hotel room and um, got him really tired and started asking him questions about all kinds of wacky stuff. So if you like the Jack Cruz shows, I think next week's show is maybe the best Jack Cruz conversation ever. Really, really trippy stuff. Very cool. So make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss that episode or any episodes to follow. All right, my friends, that's it. This time, I really mean it. We're going to jump into this interview right now with Mr. Mark Langdon. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks, uh, Luke. Great to be here. Yeah, man. I'm glad we finally got to connect. So uh, those of you listening to the podcast, Mark is way the hell down in New Zealand. 
And so he and I, uh, and he also travels a lot to Southeast Asia and all over the damn place. So we've been trying to connect for maybe three months and get our time zones to match. And right now it's 5 p.m. Pacific time as we record this. And I'm like, I'm in heaven. This is when I want to do everything. <laughs> Some people want to record at like five in the morning. And I'm like, nope, we got to wait. So I'm stoked to talk to you, dude. Yes, yeah, it's been good to hook up. You know, down under here, it's, uh, it's supposed to be coming into summer, but really summer hasn't started yet. So something's going on with the weather. Yeah. You I probably know, experienced it up there. I noticed that. Yeah. Half of LA has been on fire. So things are definitely strange and apocalyptic um, around the globe at the moment. <laughs> so we're going to um, get it. Speaking of apocalyptic, we're going to get into some EMF stuff. Uh, I've done a couple shows on EMFs, but to me, this is the number one health crisis along with non-native blue light that our current civilization is facing. And the more that I learn about this stuff, the less I want to talk about what to eat and food and supplements and diet, because I think that the lighting issue and the EMF issue is paramount. So I want to definitely get into your perspective on that and then talk about some solutions for people. So for anyone that hasn't heard my shows and doesn't understand what an EMF is, could you just give us kind of an overview on what we're going to be talking about in terms of these fields that surround us? Well, EMF is basically electromagnetic fields that can take various shapes and forms. But um, to keep it simple, basically every electronic device that you have or own puts out some kind of magnetic field. Wi-Fi puts out radio frequency magnetic field, which tends to travel a lot further than your local magnetic field from a device. So you probably notice that things that don't use Wi-Fi will emit a field, but it doesn't extend very far. And that may be your um, meter in the house. It could be a washing machine motor. Something like that will put out an EMF, but it won't go for very very far. It would be like uh, probably half a meter or a meter before it actually stops. Well, the field, the field strength actually stops. So with radio frequency like your Wi-Fi, you'd probably notice that there's different strengths and it'll go for easy 100 meters. So basically, to keep it simple, everything you have, uh, electronic will emit some kind of electromagnetic field. And this is what we're up against wireless devices as against devices which just put out a local field. But basically everything is is dangerous in some form of, an, of, an, of another. So there's actually no real safe level or safe limit of exposure. Anything under 0.5 of a milligauss, which is very, very low, is considered dangerous long term. So in the short term, the effects may be apparent. They may not be apparent to some people, and that just depends on your sensitivity. Over the, over the most most people will experience some kind of symptoms related to EMF, whether they recognise they are related to EMF, if EMF or not, is another thing. Everyone will experience symptoms related to EMF this day and age because of the amount of you know Wi-Fi radios, stations. You know, you've got four G, you've got five G coming in, etc. So yeah, that's everywhere. And in terms of the, the 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 basic understanding of why these fields are harmful to us, I, I think that's something that I don't fully get. I just sort of have a blanket understanding that at the end of the day, through all of these different pathways, our mitochondrial function gets hurt. And if your mitochondria aren't working, you're on your way to some sort of metabolic disease. And also, you know, as, a, as an immediate side effect, you're going to lack energy. What, what can you tell us about how the different um, fields that we're exposed to at, you know, at the consistent levels and sometimes the really, the really high output power levels that we're exposed to, what do they actually do to the body and why should anyone worry about it? 
Well, basically at a cell level, I mean, mitochondria are the actually the energy producers of the cell, so they produce energy. Um, you've got to look at things in, in, a, in a bigger sort of picture. But if you break it down to the basic cell, what happens when it's exposed to EMF? It tends to stop taking on nutrients. It goes in, into kind of a shutdown mode. So it stops detoxing, stops releasing toxins from the cell. Also, it stops uptaking nutrients to its fullest ability. Um, it's, it, the cell's still going to be functional, but not as functional as it should be naturally. So when your entire body, made up of trillions of cells, is not assimilating properly or it's not detoxing properly, you're going to get um, cumulative effects down the track. And that won't be the next week, then next month. It might be five years away, might be 10 years away, you know. So if your body's in a constant stressed state from EMF, this is just generally what happens. People are stressed. Their resources become far less than they, you know. So people get irritable very quickly. They don't have so many resources to deal with everyday problems and things that happen, these are classic warning signs to people that they're being affected by some other stressor, which um, is external to the body, you know, which is your environmental stress from EMF. So, you know, there's, EMF is just a part of the puzzle or piece of the pie, but it tends to be quite a large piece of that because it's environmental. It's, you know, there's, you've got to eat properly, you've got to drink water, you've got to take your supplements, you know, good food, good clean air, a good environment, and hopefully an EMF-free environment is, is probably the best environment for us because we evolved with with that EMF-free environment for, for many, many millennia. And um, now we've just in the last 100 years we've been exposed to EMF, and so we're just really finding out what's what's going on here, you know. Right. So right. you've got to look at the bigger bigger picture overall and think, okay, you know, a lot of people – get stressed out and, and, and the body reacts to that stress and it's like a virus. EMF is like invading your body. It's like a virus and the body reacts and goes, hey, something's attacking me. You don't really know what it is, but we'll just send out more white blood cells to try and counteract this invisible force or this supposed, the body thinks it's a virus. So, so the white blood cells get made in, 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 more, in, in more, more quantity, okay? So this happens over a long period of time, and what happens eventually is that um, the immune system gets run down, of course. Um, it's overactive. It gets run down, and then it will drop under par. And this is the danger part is when, when your immune system drops under par, you become more susceptible to different diseases and, and conditions of the body. So the so idea is to relieve that stress, and that's what we're all about. So with the... That's interesting because I didn't know the part about the white blood cells, but I do know as someone who's very sensitive to EMF personally and unfortunately, the sense that I get when I'm exposed to really powerful frequencies for long periods of time, such as in an airplane, although there's other factors obviously that are going to mess you up in an airplane, but when I'm just exposed to, you know, say I'm really close to a cell tower working for a bit. Uh, the office that I just moved into is in my business. Well, my business partner moved and we moved our office into her apartment. So once a week or so, I go over there and we do some Facebook Lives and have meetings and stuff like that. And it's it's really close to a cell tower. And I was working in there yesterday and I'm like, I have inflammation. That's what, like, I know what it feels like to have inflammation because there's certain foods that wow. I eat that cause inflammation. So I know 
you know, I know that sensation. I start to get, as you said, irritable and brain fog and my body starts to ache in weird places. And, uh, and I get that sense, but do you think the, the, the abundant, the overabundance of white blood cells is, is part of an inflammatory process. Does that make sense? Well, um, the white blood cell is the body trying to fight something off. There is inflammatory responses from the body as well with the immune system. Also, um, oxidation. You can see all this happening in the blood. You get increased crystallization, parasitic action in the blood increases. So this is why we did the blood test to, to see the before and after effects of, you know, of, of, of EMF on the body and also how our product protects from the EMF. So we can see it very clearly in the body before you can have a lot of oxidation. Sometimes these the red blood cells will be distorted, or um, you know, and and the oxygen carrying capability they'll have what they call the Rouillet effect. It's like stacked plates, so all these red blood cells will stack up of, upon each other, and and um, semi coagulated. I guess you could sort of associate it with that sort of thickening thickening in the blood. So this makes the blood uh, less. Uh, well, gives the blood less oxygen carrying capacity. Um, but there's other effects like oxidation, inflammation, as you said. Um, the inflammation not, may not necessarily be seen in the blood, but we can see some evidence of it. But you, you may experience that, that inflammation in your brain, you know? Right. Um, that's being what, that close <laughs> to a cell phone tower. That's, that's, what I'm, that's what it feels like. But, you know, it's, mm. it's, it's funny with all this stuff. And, I, you know, I definitely want to get into the solutions and not be doomsday because I, I love what you're, you guys are doing. And I, I'm going to talk at depth about that. But, you know, I was interviewing a guy named Dr. Jack Cruz a couple of days ago. And he's, you know, one of the foremost experts on uh, the health risks of EMF and blue light and all this stuff. And to him, I mean, he's like, fuck vitamins, supplements, all that stuff. It's all about uh, non-native EMF and non-native blue light and mitigating that first and foremost and getting in sync with the sun. You know, he's very much into, into kind of nature, but he's a neuroscientist. And so we were talking about this and, you know, he's so knowledgeable about it, but he seems really, he doesn't seem, um, you know, to be in fear or have anxiety about it, even though he, he knows so much that he should be terrified, you know? And I, I always struggle with sort of the psychological side of it where, you know, if I'm like today I was driving around and I just can't help it, but I know they're rolling out 5G in Los Angeles. So I'm, you know, as I drive around, I'm sort of, I'm scanning the, um, the streets for the 5G towers and they've started to put them in in Hollywood. And then I feel right. this sense of fear in my body and I have an awareness of that because I, you know, I meditate and I know when, when I get into fear or anger or something pretty quickly and I'm sitting there going, shit, it's like, how do I stay, you know, keep an awareness about these health issues and also help spread the awareness to, to help support my fellow humans, but not get into the paranoia and the fear? Because then it's like, not only am I being exposed to the EMFs, but now I have this this fight or flight fear response or depression around what's happening in the environment. Does that, does that make any sense? It's, yeah, well, you know, if, if you don't know how to deal with this problem or you don't understand something, there's always going to be some kind of fear, right? So, you know, even the blue light issue, I mean, blue light, everyone's jumped on the blue light bandwagon. Blue light's bad. Well, the sky's blue, man. If blue light was bad, you wouldn't be able to walk out in, in, in daytime and under the sun. I mean, there's blue light, you know? Well, here, well, um, well here's the thing. There's with... every spectrum of light, you know? Right. So blue light has antimicrobial, antiviral, antifungal, you know, and, and benefits, you know? There's a lot of benefits. 
the it's the only the only problem they're talking about is when you're when you've got your cell phone at night and you're looking at the screen and it's dark and you should be asleep but it's 12 o'clock or one o'clock and maybe it's keeping you awake but i mean you know just put it down i mean our blue shield had a blue light there's nothing wrong with the effects of a blue light near you or on your body it's supposed to be some effect when you actually look at it and you get it through the eye you know um right but 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 you're best to get the full spectrum of light i mean if you take blue light away from the full spectrum of light you're like missing a vitamin, right? Yeah. If you look at a, if you look at taking multivitamin, multivitamins, and, and I have learned through through the years because we've done some kind of therapeutic machines um, as well, and and unless you have all of the the basic ingredients there for everything, I mean, nature doesn't um, produce a universe and leave out iron and copper or gold or something out of the equation. They're all there, you know, and right. billions and billions of frequencies are uh, resonant frequencies all there. If, if, if the nature left out certain components, um, then there'll be problems. There'll be holes in things or there'll be, you know, things would be breaking down or things wouldn't work the way they should. You know, so blue light is just a component of white light and you need all of those components. And if you don't have all of them and you, and you do take away one of them, which could be blue light, they're going to be detrimental health effects from, from the lack of blue light, you know? Right. So, well, I, I think they could say, okay, well, red light's bad now, and 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 we'll just take away the red light. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, come on. Well, and you know, from blue what lights I... at the high, it's the, it's go, at go the high end of the spectrum, so it's a higher, it's a higher wavelength, right? So it's about four seventy nanometers. Um, you go down to the other end, um, down to red light, which is a lower wavelength. Red light actually gets real deep penetration into the skin and into the tissue. If you shine a red light on the back of your hand, you'll see right through your hand. And if you take a blue light and shine it on the back of your hand, you can't see through it because it's not actually penetrating into your skin. That's interesting, you yeah. It. You can't see a blue light through your hand, can you? Yeah. But you can see a red light. That's interesting because so, I, I have a red light there. away from penetrate. Right. Well, I think the issue with uh, with the blue light, as I've been discovering it and looking into it, is that yeah, you're you're absolutely right. You know, out in in natural daylight, you have a full spectrum in the the frequency of light's going to change from sunrise to sunset and there'll be more blue at certain points more red violet etc but the real exactly. the real thing is with the blue light is that like i have an led light that came in the fan that's right above my head right now and unfortunately i have to have it on because <laughs> otherwise no one would see the video that i'm doing but that the issue with with non-native light see it's the incandescent bulb was a little closer to the full spectrum of sunlight you can even get old style incandescent bulbs that have that full spectrum, at least close to it. But with the new LED lights and even fluorescent lights years ago, in order to make them energy efficient, they've taken out all of the warm light, all of the red and all the violet. So it's a very non-native, meaning it's a narrow spectrum of blue, cool light that is present in the sun, but it's never present in isolation. So it's when the narrow spectrum of blue light is isolated and getting exposed to your skin and to your eyes that has this cascade effect of, you know, obviously the melatonin and sleep and stuff like that. But back back to um back to my point where where I've kind of arrived with this is to, you know, find a balance of of being educated with, you know, EMS, blue light, all this stuff, but doing my best to not be paranoid about it at the same time and just be solution oriented and stay aware. But the the thing that happened today when I'm driving around going, oh, there's a 5G tower is like in a way, I almost wish I didn't even know any of the stuff that I know. So I could just have, like, it was a beautiful sunny day today. There was no geoengineering in the skies. It was it was clear. It was blue. It was 
nice and cool and sunny. And I thought, God, if if I could just forget that there are cell towers all around and all this stuff, I'd probably be a lot happier. But I know right now I'm being microwaved to death. So my degree of happiness can only go so far. Now that said, I do have a Blue Shield device plugged into my car when I drive around. I have the pocket model that I always have in my pocket, no matter where I am, unless I have another uh, device nearby and I don't want to wear it on the battery. And then I have one of these in the house. So, you know, obviously in, in a couple minutes, we're going to talk a bit about that. But, you know, once you know, you can't unknow. And I think that's kind of the favor uh, that I'm doing the listeners. But at the same time, I'm also kind of screwing them because they're learning the truth. And once you've been unplugged from the matrix of the false reality that we live in, you can never again, like drive by a cell tower and think that it's good for you or have a smart meter on your house or um, live by a military base where there's radar waves blasting you or whatever. Like once you know that these things are directly correlated to disease and, and uh, early mortality, very difficult to forget that that's happening. So the only thing you're left with is to move to more rural areas and to work on mitigation using technology or shielding and things like that. Um, I wanted I wanted to ask you something though specifically. Um, do you happen to know uh, from your perspective why the five G rollout is so much more detrimental than the the other generations G? You know, one G, two G, three G, four G. Whereas the fifth generation, people are much more concerned about people that are into health. Do you know what the issue is there? Well, I think it's just bringing a lot of awareness to the EMF issue, the 5G. The 5G resonance is supposed to be supposed to be at the oxygen molecule resonance. Oh, shit. Whereas um, 4, 4G or Wi-Fi was, um, no, Wi-Fi, sorry, is at the water molecule resonance, 2.5 gigs. There, there may be some method to the madness. It may be just human ignorance. I know there is a push to get higher bandwidths through through a higher you know cycle time. You've got the millimeter wave with the five G, very very rapid cycle. Uh, it's in the gigahertz. I think it's about twenty five gigahertz or thereabouts. I can't really remember to be honest. You know, so um, it doesn't really matter where right. it's at. So. EMF is EMF, okay? So to be honest with you, 5G may be less harmful directly than uh, 4G maybe because 4G penetrates buildings very well, whereas 5G is a much um, smaller waveform and it tends to bounce off surfaces, right? Oh, interesting. Unless you're in direct line with a 5G aerial and standing right in front of it, like within 100 meters or so. Yeah, then you will be getting the full blast of 5G. But if you're off to the side, um, you know, 10 meters or so, either way, um, you won't be getting much of a, of a signal probably as, as you were full on. So it's very directional. Um, this, is, this is why they need um, very high intensity, very, very high numbers of um, aerials everywhere. You know, so it's very right. um, hardware intensive. So you've got um, several of these 5G things down the street, if you like, instead of right. just a 4G tower somewhere like 4Ks away. But 4G is very penetrating because of the lower frequency. It's like the, the red light penetrates the skin and the blue light sort of bounces off. It's a similar thing. You know, you've got 4G tends to penetrate buildings and you get a very good signal within buildings. With 5G, I don't think that's going to be really a good thing in, in, the, in the way of signal strength inside a, inside a building, you may actually find that they may have to have a, an aerial inside the building. 
Oh God! <laughs> oh God! You know, yeah. um, I, I go to Asia a lot. They have the aerials inside the subway. You know, they have them. Um, oh my at, God! At distances all through the subway. You know, every kind of hundred meters or so. Oh my God! So, you I know, would, I would um, freak out. Well, it, there's no real need to really freak out. You just need to protect yourself and use some technology like Blue Shield to to prevent the the EMF from affecting the body at a cell level, you know, and this is this is where we come in and, and this is all the research we've done over the last 30 years to to get Blue Shield where it is and you know, we're having a lot of amazing results with people. We've done testing on animals um, in the past. We did testing on chickens and, you know, just to take away that um, psychosomatic or placebo effect right. sort of thing, you know. Some people think, oh, well, it could be just a placebo or a pseudoscience. And, yeah, there's a few haters out there that get on and they don't understand how this technology works, so they're going to have their own interpretation. That's fine. You know, everyone has their, has their opinion. But uh, we really know what we're on about. We've done a lot of testing over the last 30 years. I've been into this, looking into this sort of thing since uh, very early on in my life and working with a friend of mine who's an engineer, for since the beginning, he was the actual starter of the whole thing. Well, I actually so, wanted, you know, I want to get into because um, I I freaking love these products. Like I said, I I have them around me all the time, and I, and I'm going to talk about some of the quantitative uh, uh, results that I've gotten subjectively. But I, I'm just curious. I'd love to hear a little bit about your history. You know, you've been into this particular thing for 25, 30 years now, and. I mean, I didn't even know what an EMF was until probably, I mean, and I'm into this stuff maybe 10 years ago or something, you know? So how did you even, how did you even begin to, to research this particular area? What was, what was your background or education or what led you to start kind of researching, you know, solutions for this that long ago? I didn't actually realize that EMF affected me and I didn't, like yourself, I didn't really know what it was way back. You know, I'm coming up 49 now. I was 16 when I actually became involved with all this. So a friend of mine, Dave, uh, he was the, the initial starter of all this sort of thing. He was interested in um, what NASA were doing because uh, they would put a, an astronaut up in a, in a spacecraft and as soon as they got past the electromagnetic field of the Earth and into past, the, I think it's the Kármán line, they got right up into space. They became very aggressive and um, literally started to beat each other up in the spacecraft. So, because oh, it, it wasn't this um, the human resonance or the, the electromagnetic field of the Earth wasn't influencing their brain. Therefore, they become very very aggressive. It caused their brain to go up into the higher frequency ranges, which would be aggression and and violence, etc. And this this was a problem. So, what NASA did is they produced a a coil, a simple coil putting around about 7 or 8 hertz. Um, I think 7.83 was, was the magic number. Everyone calls the Schumann resonance. Of course, that's very old school. There's a lot more frequencies than just one um, Schumann resonance. There's thousands of them. But that's mostly the one that they sort of selected um, in the theta range. And that would cause them to come, you know, to calm down and to remain calm. So this is just a magnetic field constantly going in the spacecraft and it caused the astronauts to to feel relaxed, you know, not go to that sort of aggression when they're outside of the Earth's magnetic field. So it sort of proved to NASA how much of the, the Earth's magnetic field has an effect on our brains, you know, because our brains are amazing things. They're actually like a receiver of um, energy, and um, the brain will track frequency. And you've probably heard of mind control and yeah, MK Ultra. 
some stuff, sort of dude. Some stuff about MK Ultra just came out. I haven't had a chance to read the article, but someone alerted me to it yesterday, and it's um, it's it's much more widespread than previously thought. Totally off topic, but yeah, I'm I'm aware that different frequencies can be used to control brain waves, and brain waves control behavior. Yeah, the scalar waves and EMF waves are very similar, but they both are kind of intertwine intertwined. So. We'll come to that later, but sure. um, with the EMF and the spacecraft, of course, this you know this caused them them to become really calm. So um, the guy Dave, I, I was an engineer friend of mine um, that I met when I was uh, doing some work experience, and he was in right into this, and he made this machine and it put out around about eight hertz through a coil, and and man, it really um, it did something. Um, and being a sensitive, I could really tell, you know. There's a simple square wave put through a coil and it would, you know, sort of um, clatter away a bit. You could actually hear it. Yeah, that was the beginning. And um, I found that really helped me sleep well. And I I used to get kind of a bit of an acid stomach. And I, I put that down to EMF stress because um, that's the first symptom that I noticed that when I'm exposed to a lot of EMF, especially in a plane, if, if I don't have any EMF protection product with me, I will actually... Uh, notice those symptoms start up. So the idea is to, to have that EMF protection going all the time and then um, you know, I don't get those symptoms at all. That's interesting so, that you mentioned the, uh, I, I, the, the spacecraft thing. And I, I'm just, I want to interject for a second and just ask a quick question. Just uh, It's a very practical one. So I bring the Blue Shield Cube, which we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, on flights now, but I used to bring this thing called an Earth Pulse, which is a small PEMF device, and you can set whatever frequencies you want. It's a little digital kind of motherboard, and then you set the frequencies and turn it on, and it's got two magnetic coils, and you put those under your seat. And I would essentially make a human resonance a magnetic field in my seat to help mitigate some of the fatigue and things like that from flying. Mm. And now I'm just using, do you think it, and my question is this, do you think I could just do the blue shield cube and not even do the, the, um, the PMF thing, or would it be awesome to do both? Well, the PM, PEMF is actually, um, we've actually proved it to be harmful um, to some people. So pulse electromagnetic field at one frequency like you said, does it put out one frequency, even two or three, even even a hundred frequencies? If it did that much, it still can be dangerous long term because the body will start to reject the signal. Oh wow! And work the opposite direction, so you'll actually become stressed. Interesting, so, interesting. Um, what we've found out through all these years is that um, generally, the more frequencies, the better. But sometimes repetition is not a good thing for the body. The body tends to reject that after a while. And you probably heard dripping water in the tap, you know, and Drip, drip, drip. Eventually, it gets on your nerves, so you want to get up and turn the tap off, and you know, probably help you get back to sleep. But the, the drip, drip, drip is a constant frequency, and any single frequency, whether it be a cell phone frequency, whether it be um, your PMF you got got going there, anything of a single frequency nature. I, I know there are there are single frequency machines out there. We know one for love, one for money, um, one one <laughs> for. Um, you know, right. making me happy, whatever it may be. Yeah. You know, um, and they have specific frequencies, which is, um, you know, quite ironic because it, over time and use of those products uh, for long-term use, the body will start to react ne negatively to it and think, well, it's just a constant stress. And this is what 
everything out there is 2.5 gigahertz for the Wi-Fi. Eventually, the body's going to go, oh, this is getting on my nerves. You know, it's it's stressing me out. But you 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 may not actually be aware that that's actually happening, but that's what the body's feeling, you know. So any single frequency, and this is why it's dangerous, it's like a, it's like a hammer tapping on one part of your DNA. If it taps for long enough, it's going to break, you know. So that's uh, when you get problems with your DNA breaking, and it's at one particular resonant frequency. It could be it could be even a good frequency. Um, even the mains frequency is good good short term, you know, which is sixty hertz in the states, fifty hertz here. Um, that is a beneficial frequency, but not for long term. So right. you can take the good frequencies, so called. It may be good for one person, but it may not be good for another. So you know, we've devised a way of of actually having the frequencies received by your body if it's a good one Um, because the body has a natural filter, right? So if there's a bad frequency going on, if it's for there more than 15 seconds, then the body will respond negatively. If it's not there for more than 15 seconds, so if it's there for a split second and it's a bad frequency, it's actually a positive result on the body or no result at all. So there's no negative effect. Oh, that's interesting. So it's impossible. It's impossible to affect the body with a negative frequency unless it's longer there for more than fifteen seconds. If it's fifteen seconds or over, it will start to affect the body negatively. So, exposure to certain frequencies for less than fifteen seconds or all frequencies is actually harmless. That's so really that's, harm- <laughs> that's really good to know because sometimes I'll drive by a cell tower and I'm like I speed up because I don't want to be close to it. <laughs> so that's good to know as long as I don't park my car right next to a cell tower. All right, yeah that 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 actually makes a lot of sense. You know, so in terms of flying, I think I'll just I'll just make sure I have a seat with power and I'll bring my cube. And if I don't have a powered seat, I'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll use the pocket model. Um, it's interesting though because you you bring into mind some of the other. Uh, frequency um, devices, you know, the Rife machines and this kind of stuff. I have something called an amp coil, which is really a bank of, I mean, thousands and thousands of frequencies and different combinations thereof. And then it's just delivered to the body through a modified Tesla coil. So the PMF is not at all static. It's constantly changing and people use it to treat Lyme disease and things like that. So when you were like... When you were about to say PMF sucks, I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> you know, but then I thought about it, and it, it is not one frequency at all ever. It's um, you know, it's it's constantly changing and evolving. So that, but the other one that I was telling you about, the Earth Pulse, that is, um, I think you can set it to change, but I usually just set it to one. You know, thinking that the Schumann resonance is the one that I want when I'm up in a plane because I'm going back to the NASA stuff and all that. So, all right, that's cool. You so just have coils, right? What's they have that? a coil, right? It's a little two little magnets, yeah. But that's you just saved me a lot of hassles checking through the TSA security check because that's the one that always freaks them out, and they always uh, they tear all the shit out of my bags. I never get stopped for the um, the Blue Shield cube. They don't even notice that. But if I have my like PMF stuff, they always want to break it out and question me mm-hmm. about what it is. I always just tell them it's a medical device, and then they let me through. So. Um, so when well, you anyone, start- anything with a coil is actually bad news because what what um, a coil does if it's because most cores are copper, right? So yeah. too much copper in the body depletes the body of zinc. But when you radiate something through a coil, the body's picking up the copper frequency. Therefore, the body thinks it's getting too much copper, and therefore it depletes the zinc. So mm-hmm. what happens when you're getting too much copper is you'll get white spots in your fingernails, and that's a that's a 
the lack of zinc. So this is why we moved away in the beginning from using coils as opposed, you know, everyone says, oh, opens it up. Oh, there's no coil in here. It can't be putting out a scale, I feel. Well, there's, you know, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. You know, quite frankly, there's, there's more than one way to produce a scalar field. You can use a coil, but a coil is not very beneficial because it has these negative effects. Um, and also the coil is a very sort of a heavy feeling on the body and it does in itself deplete minerals and causes stress on the body. So you try and produce a, a field which is very, very clean and, and, and very, very accommodating to the body. And you know, that's what we've got with Blue Shield. Uh, um, what led you first to discover these things called scalar waves and what are they for the lay person that doesn't understand that like the person on the other end of the microphone here? <laughs> I always talk about them and then if somebody quizzed me or like, what are scalar waves? I'd be like, um, uh, they're waves that are good for you. I don't really know. What are they? Well, your EMF uh, field is like the physical component of the field, right? So the, the measurable field. So if you have... For example, 50 hertz coming from mains wiring, or 60 hertz as it is in the States, and you can measure that electromagnetic field, right? That's 60 hertz. So you'll find that on a meter it will read 60 hertz. Now, inherent to that signal is a scalar component. Now, scalar is basically information. So the information of 60 hertz is there also. If you strip away the EMF, you're still left with the information, which is saying 60 hertz, 60 hertz, 60 hertz, you know, 60 times a second. So scalar is basically ones and zeros. Okay, it's information. It's just pure uh, information without the electromagnetic component to it. It's, it's, and, and basically the only thing that can pick up scalar fields is the is living systems, you know. A, your body. B, animals. C, plants any living system will be able to pick up this, the influence of scalar fields. So you don't need an EMF to broadcast a scalar. You can produce scalar just by itself. But when you have EMF, it's the scalar component which is, uh, which is either doing the good or doing the damage. So if you've got a cell phone, it's putting out radio frequency, which is the EMF part of it, the electromagnetic field, and it's also putting out a scalar component. So if you put your cell phone inside a, a steel box, for instance, it's not getting any signal in, it's not getting any signal out, but the scalar component or the information of that um, EMF will be penetrating through the steel box because it moves through the space between the atoms. Whoa. And everyone knows that. An atom is 99.9% .9 space. And because it's moving at the speed of light, an atom appears to be circular in its nature, right? If you froze that, that atom in space, it would be a tiny, tiny little electrons on the outside and you'll get the little tiny protons and neutrons on the inside of this, uh, the atom. So it's because it's moving at the speed of light, it appears to have some kind of mass or some kind of volume to it, right? But there's 99.9% .9 space within that atom, and that's where scalar moves through that space, that quantum, that quantum level, that subatomic level. So that's what scalar is. It penetrates everything. So for those out there using uh, shielding on your beds and spent a couple of grand, you know, on that uh, silver 
embedded cotton material yeah. you hang up, it's actually quite useless to scalar. So it may block the uh, radio frequency and the EMF and you get out your meter and go, oh, well, yeah, that's uh, knocked it down quite considerably, but the scalar still penetrates as if it wasn't there. So you're not actually doing yourself any... <laughs> Are you serious? I'm serious, yeah. And um, there's a lot of... I, do, I have experienced it myself. Um, I'm very sensitive. So I've put a one of these grounding sheets and plugged it in, you know, and had it grounding and all that sort of thing. But it acted like an aerial because of the size of the area of this great big sheet on my bed. It was picking up everything that was around. I've, so I've heard that. Yeah, it does do that. So all these frequencies are passing through it, maybe the ground, but it's still, it, it, it's, it's bad. It's, you know, it's, it's really not solving any problem. And people go, oh, well, I need to put this up to protect myself from that and the shielding material and, and all these, you know, all these aluminium paints to paint on the inside of the walls and yeah. everything has to be earth and blah, blah, blah. You know, save yourself the, the time and effort and expense because you're actually not shielding yourself from the scalar component and you're not shielding yourself from any harm at all. All you're doing is wasting a lot of money on stuff that you really don't need to do. And this is where the blue shield comes in because it produces a scalar field that the body responds to instead of responding to your existing environment or EMF environment. So the body completely ignores everything bad around you, basically, and responds to the blue shield. So there's there's a whole lot of reasons why that happens and, and that we've engineered into the product over all those years and to get the product where it is at now, where the body will respond to the blue shield rather than responding to your ambient EMF fields around you, whether it be your cell phone tower or your Wi-Fi at home or whatever that may be. So yeah, it's um, well, it's, it's it's funny you mentioned it's funny you mentioned the the shielding stuff because you know I've as I said I've done a few shows on EMFs and to me there's you know there's a couple different solutions. One would be moving to a rural area where you're just you know there's just less noise in the atmosphere um, where you're living. And the and then getting you know as far as the electrical fields coming off the sixty hertz inside the wiring of the building, just getting that wiring shielded and you know filtering dirty electricity at the breaker or locally at the outlets. I have a few of these filters and stuff that seem to be effective based on meters. But my my dream was like to build a Faraday cage bed and block out all radio frequencies, or do like you said, get the shielding curtains on to cover the windows and then do the grounded shielded paint. But then, aside from what you just said that kind of uh, refutes the effectiveness of that, it occurred to me the other day that you would be, you know, you'd be blocking out those frequencies, or at least that's the idea, but then you're also blocking, blocking out the beneficial frequencies of the Earth's atmosphere that you actually need to be alive. You know, there was this... Um, well, yeah, yeah. You know, Although they, that's very weak, though. It that's is? very, very weak and... and in most places, it's probably undetectable from, from most people's point of view because what, what the, the EMF environment now does is swamp out all that. You know, I, I experienced the, the natural frequencies from the earth a wee while ago in Thailand. I was um, driving around in, in, in the countryside, and it was incredible the feeling you got when you're in a totally natural era, no cell phone signals at all. It was it was something that I very rarely experienced anywhere, and... Um, to me, it was very, very pronounced, the feeling of harmony and calmness that should be around us, you know. Um, when you're living in a city or in, in, um, even in rural areas these days, you don't get that same 
feeling. Um, this was incredible. Blew me away, actually. It made me realize, well, this is what we're all missing out on, you know. Right. Um, but it's, it's, it's very, very similar to what the Blue Shield does. So um, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I, I, we, we've tried to, you know, you, you try and mimic nature and there's a whole lot of different things you got to take into account. You know, we went through multitude, hundreds and hundreds of prototypes, you know, finding what worked, what didn't work, you know, trial and error, some of it, some of it was a lot of intuitive design. Um, you know, some of these designs were the size of a keyboard, you know, as far as the makeup with a circuit board. I mean, you know, no one can carry a keyboard around in their pocket, obviously, but you know, <laughs> right, um, right. so we had to micronize everything. We put everything into microprocessor. You know, there's a few people out there that probably don't understand the the amount of work and blood, sweat, and tears that went into creating this product from from the very beginning, and, and it's just been an evolution, if you like, in finding out what really does work and what really doesn't work. Testing on animals, to find out responses for animals are very, very um, good indicators of something that will work or not work. Um, because in the beginning, if you use single frequency, so just a human resonance. It will work for some people some of the time, but then after a long time, it'll stop working because the body starts to reject that signal because it's a single frequency. You know, you go out in nature, there's, there's millions of frequencies, the frequencies from the wind blowing through the grass, the trees. You get different sounds um, are also scalar in, in nature. And, and you, or you go, to, go to the beach, walk along the beach, and you hear that twoosh you know, the ocean waves coming in and then there'll be a pause and then the water will go out and then we have another swoosh coming in. So you've got waves of things, you know, the, the blue shield switches on and off. It's a similar thing. You've got exposure, then non-exposure, exposure, then non-exposure. It's not a constant thing. So it's not actually, you know, beating away. The ocean just doesn't keep on coming in. It has a rest, yeah. It goes out, next wave comes in, you know. So it's like this constant ebb and flow. And, and it's exactly what the wind's doing. It's never a constant speed. It's always changing speed. It's always changing direction. It's always, you know, new smells in the air. These are all scalar effects, you know, and it's all in nature. And uh, we've really tapped into that um, fundamental uh, thing where we can mimic what nature does. And, um, you know, to go through all the frequencies that Blue Shield puts out, it would take three weeks of constant emission from the device to do that um, because wow. it's designed to be forever changing and forever in a flux just like just like um, in nature you know you're not getting the same exposure to the same frequencies all of the time it's forever changing and uh, it really has a, a dramatic effect on the human body and uh, also psychologically to people as well yeah, it's interesting as you're describing the, the way that the different um, elements move in nature. And I was thinking about water, you know, when you look at uh, Victor Schauberger's work and how he discovered the movement of water and the energetic imprint of water and how when you look at a river, it appears that the water is sort of uh, waving up and down in a linear fashion, but how the water is actually working is all these constant corkscrews. There's zillions of corkscrews, kind of, you know, these whirlpools that are headed down uh, gravity-fed rivers headed back toward the ocean from a high altitude. But it's like, even when we look at water, we really can't see the zillions of movements and different ways in which it's moving across land. It's just, it's fascinating. And I think that's why 
you know, when it comes to um, technologies like this and, and devices and things, and even just the issue of EMF to begin with, it's difficult for people, especially people that are more, you know, have a linear way of thinking. It's difficult for them to understand because these are things that you can't see and it's difficult to quantify. Yes, so right. you can, you know, your Wi-Fi router sitting there, you've got a smart meter on the house and some hippie like me says, oh, hey, that thing's going to give you cancer. It's like, what? I feel fine. I don't see anything. You know, it's not like when your house is on fire or there's a flood or some other sort of disaster yeah, right. that, you know, that you can perceive. They're, they're in, you can't perceive them. It's not going to be today either. It's going to be five years, 10 years down the track. You might have cancer. Right, you know? right. You're not going to really know what caused it because there's all these other things in the environment as well, you know, heavy metals and, and sprays and toxins, et cetera, from, from everywhere since the Industrial Revolution. So, you know, you've got all these, all these things that contribute to that. So if you, but if your body is working properly, it should be able to deal with all these things. And 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 probably the biggest thing I think is is the environmental effect on the body. And if the body is not performing to the degree where it's it's not uptaking nutrients properly, it's not getting rid of those toxins, then then that's a dangerous place to be. You know, you really want to be detoxing properly. You want to be uptaking nutrients. I believe in taking supplements because the, the soils are depleted. You know, I take certain things like deer velvet and, and different things like that as well, which are, are more natural products, which contain a lot of minerals and vitamins and proteins and, you know, growth factors and hormones and all that sort of thing, which we need um, in order to to be healthy and for the body to regenerate, you know. So the body is an amazing thing. You give it the right circumstances, it will it will do its job. And if you put it into a lot of stress and a lot of, you know, dirty water, uh, fast foods, uh, stressful relationships, bad mother-in-laws, you name it, all those stresses, <laughs> you know, those, all those stresses add up, man. And, and, and you know, don't get a good sleep, uh, you know, working nine to one in the morning or things like that. All those things are going to build up. So, you know, you've got to look at everything. You can't just look at one thing and, 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 and Blue Shield is not a, not a panacea, you know, it won't fix all of your ills. And if you're looking for a, for something to do, you know, maybe you should cut down on that smoking a little bit more and, you know, stop vaping that stuff so often and, and quit McDonald's for a few months and see how you feel, you know, make changes in, in suitable parts of your life where you think you should be starting to make changes. And if, if you don't care about it or you're not aware of it, well, you know, you can't really do a lot more. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. If you were lucky enough to hear episode 175 with Carly Stein, then you're going to perfectly understand why I'm so excited to tell you about Beekeepers Naturals, the best bee product company in the world. If you missed 175, I'm going to encourage you right now to go back and check it out. Now, I've been into bee products for a long time. I take propolis, the bee pollen, the honey, the royal jelly, all of that. But it's kind of a guessing game when you go to the health food store to figure out which one's the best, which one's really organic. Does that even mean anything? Turns out not so much in many cases. But when it comes to a company like Beekeepers Naturals, you know that you are getting the most pure and most potent bee products on the planet and that the bees are being protected and taken care of. Now, a lot of people just use bees for their amazing products and kind of abuse them, to be honest, not to get crazy here. I mean, I know it's only a little bee, but they're a crucial part of our entire ecology. 
on planet Earth. So not only taking from the bees is important, but giving back to the bees is equally as important. And Beekeepers Naturals does that. But more than anything, just straight up, they make the best tasting and the most powerful bee products on the market. So I'd really love for you to get over there and check them out. You can find them at beekeepersnaturals.com. That's beekeepersnaturals.com. If you use the code LIFESTYLIST, you will save 20% off your order. If you're just starting out over there and you don't know what to get, I'm going to uh, recommend that you try Bee Powered because that's got all of the superfoods from the hive in one jar. It's delicious. It's super potent. And I'm on this stuff uh, almost every day. I can't have it every day because then I go through a jar in like four days because I'm just nuts like that. But this stuff is just absolutely insanely powerful and pure, and it's tested for pesticides and toxins. It's clean, it's legit. So go to beekeepersnaturals.com, use the code LIFESTYLIST to save 15%. And now back to the interview. Mark, when you talk about, you know, as as you and your engineer buddy have started to develop the different um, iterations of this technology and you refer to, oh, we tried this and tried that and we found this worked better than that or this didn't work and that worked. How did you guys quantify as you go to know if it's working? You know, I think that's another thing that's hard to understand about this type of technology because you you can't turn on your RF meter, you know, your EMF meter and have it next to your Wi-Fi router and then turn on the blue shield and see anything change, you know? So it's it's like a subjective sort of, I don't know, I just feel better. Like I'll, I'll describe um, in a few moments my experience when I got the cube and plugged it in and kind of how that has um, evolved. But, you know, how do you guys know when it's quote unquote working or not? And you've hit the right, you know, sequence of frequencies or if the version that you're on is the most effective. Like how do you determine whether it's it's doing what it's supposed to do or not? Well, um, I'm extremely sensitive. A friend of mine who is involved is is not sensitive in that way, so he kind of would build a machine and then I'd tell him how it worked. And this would happen a lot of times. A lot of times I'd I'd get so we sort of you know it's a co-invention thing with between me and him, and we also had another guy involved who's now passed away. He was involved in the microprocessor, setting that up to work the way we wanted it to work, and etc. But in, in the beginning, it was it was really trial and error, and um, I can tell the difference between a square wave, a, a sine wave, and a tri- triangular wave just by the feel of it. Wow! So that's how sensitive I am. I can pull out the feeling. You know, I mean, uh, I'm sensitive to a lot of things. I guess psychically, you could call it or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, I'm, I'm very very sensitive to the to everything. You know, it's like it's like. Uh, I'm just a big receiver. Right. Um, in the early days, this kind of affected me sometimes negatively as well because I'd pick up negative emotions from other people and and I'd be really weighed down by that. And it would affect me physically, give me a stomachache, I'd have to go and lie down, and physically wipe me out. So by the time I was 30, I was able to kind of stop being affected by this by kind of putting up some kind of filter um, don't ask me how I did this, but um, I just learned to recognize that this wasn't my problem. I shouldn't take it on. It was their problem. I had to just push it away, you know, like mentally think this. Um, and, uh, you know, different different uh, aspects of my life kind of trained me to do that. Yeah. So I'm pretty unique in that way. And 
it's, it, there was a lot of trial and error, you know, but, but there was a lot of also stuff coming through very intuitively. I'm very intuitive. Yeah, a lot of the technology uh, that was developed up until a couple of years ago was mainly developed by um, my friend and I working together, so a co-invention thing there. Um, after that, I started to take the, the, the technology that we developed and actually learned to evolve it even further. Um, now it doesn't really look anything like the original what we had, but um, uh, the microprocessor, we changed the program in it uh, a couple of years ago, and um, I got kind of an intuitive eureka moment. It's probably like Edison and, and Tesla works. You know, they work through their intuition. You get ideas from the universal mind or the universal intelligence, whatever you want to call it. These ideas will come to you if you have a question. So the idea is, you know, you have this question, what do I need to learn from this? What is this? What do I need to do next? What is the process that needs to be happening here? Or it could be just a totally new idea would come through. So being receptive to that and waiting for an answer down the track and all of a sudden, bang, you get this, all this information. It's like like a, like something, like a, like a, a ball of information. It's really hard to describe. It's like a fireball. A ball of information would hit you and go, and you take a while to assimilate this information and then, you know, you write everything down, what you got from this information coming through to you. You know, I'm just the instrument through which this is happening. And I'm, I'm receptive to receiving ideas about this technology. So it was, it just came, you know. Um, and people what, may argue the source of which that came, but um, to me, I believe it's the universal mind where, where there is everything. And uh, the universal mind or the universal intelligence, we, some people might want to call it God, you know. I'm not really a religious person, but I do believe there is a, a an all intelligent, not necessarily a being, but an intelligent resource, which is everything, which is part of everything, or the energy behind all form. So when you tap into that, you can get ideas, and if you're attuned to specific things, you get specific ideas. So this is how it evolved. So you're getting information from from somewhere else and putting it into action and it works and it's like, wow, this works. You know, that's cool. You make the machine first and you find out it works later. Right. So, you know, and you find out through different things what you can do to improve it. You know, we've just come out with a new portable model lately, a little bit more stronger and a little bit more longer battery life, etc. You know, these are all little ideas that come in, in the evolution of the product. And, and I do believe that the actual microprocessor, which we have um, in this device for producing all the frequencies and all the um, algorithms that are involved, etc., is very, very complex. You can't even see on a scope what it's really doing with the output. You can see some of it, but um, a lot of it you can't see because there is a lot of stuff happening inside the microprocessor to produce the sets of frequencies, there's layers upon layers of frequencies. These are all generated in a specific way and according to natural laws. So natural laws like Fibonacci ratio, natural laws like the golden rule ratio or what they call phi, P-H-I, which is inherent in the pyramids. Phi ratio is a, is a natural ratio, 1.618034. It's the mathematical equation which is in all things of the universe, the way the spiral of the galaxy, you know, the, the, the solar system, the way that sort of spins, 
everything is golden ratio. It's right throughout our bodies. It's right throughout nature. You know, it's it's a lot, it's hard for people. It's, I mean, if if you're not looking for it, it's easy to miss. But yeah. when you're looking for something like this, you know, it's very easy to see that the correlation with everything in nature is all golden ratio. It's incredible. That you know, is, and this that... is the this is the 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 mathematical equation of what the entire universe is made up. So if you're following those natural laws and universal laws, you're going to get a good res- result. You know, you cannot not have a good result. The results are always good, and um, it's just incredible what this little machine has been doing. You know, yeah, it blows me away when I stand back and go look at it and go, "Wow, it's pretty amazing." You know, I, I really wasn't. Uh, I was. I really wasn't. Uh, I was just the the instrument through which this happened. I'm not really involved in any way as other than receiving the information, putting it into something which we can use, and then you know getting it out there. So this is kind of my purpose, my life purpose. Well, it's, and, uh, it's funny when you when you put it in evolution. that when you put it in those terms, it it reminds me of writing music. You know, as a as a musician, I guess. I used to say former musician, but now I'm. I think it just depends on the venue. Now I just play in my living room. I used to play on on stages <laughs> and studios, but in music, you know, it's it's funny. And you, you you watch this even observing, you know, famous musicians say that they had one period where they wrote a couple really amazing albums, right? And you're just going, yep. God, you know, the Beatles maybe would be a great example of that. There's this period from. 64 to 69 where these guys just went through this insane evolution as artists and you just you know yeah. if you sit down with a guitar and you're like yeah I'm going to write a song like Hey Jude it doesn't fucking happen because <laughs> you you know you're not Paul McCartney at that one particular moment and it's it's interesting um observing how creative spontaneous inspirational ideas they really do come out of the ethers and it's it's funny listening to you describe Sort of a scientific process in that way, as you mentioned, Edison and Tesla, is that's exactly how Keith Richards describes writing songs. He says that he's like, I didn't write the song; the song wrote me. It just, it just was delivered. That's right, exactly it, right. Yeah, it was delivered out of this other dimension, you know. And that's anytime I've written a decent piece of music or some lyrics, that's the way it comes. And I, five minutes later, I go, How did that happen? Where did this come from? You know, it's like I didn't know how to yeah. do that. It just, it suddenly sort of appears out of the ethers and. Is now manifest. It's a it's a fascinating it's process, right. and um, you may get religious people saying, "Well, that's the work of the devil." But hey, you know, um, <laughs> well, you know, um, you know, there's, there's a bit more to it than that. And um, you know, it's, it's all things good. You know, all things good. So, um, well, I, it's, I want... it's quite incredible. You know, that's how Edison worked. That's how Tesla worked. That's how a lot of these famous people. I never went to college. What you call college? We call university. I never went to college. I didn't want to learn what already has been learned. And they say, oh, you can do this and you can do this, but you can't do that and you can't do that. And you know what I think? If I, if they say they can't do that, I want to try and find out really if you can't do that, you know, because they maybe they've missed something out that I need to know. So I try it. And, you know, we've done that quite a few times. It's, oh, no, it can't be done, can't be done. So I go ahead and do it. You know, that's my attitude. Right. Um, there's no thing, such thing as can't be done. I, I need to really find that out for myself and and prove it um, because there's been a lot of cases where it can be done and they just haven't looked at the possibilities, you know. So And, and having that intuitive and inspirational um, viewpoint of things and, and having the ideas coming, um, it may be when you're in the shower, you know, having a shower, you might be driving along, absent-minded, all of a sudden you get this idea. You know, um, I think the idea for the for the um, 
to change the, to the new program, we, we programmed it to microprocessor, which made it from a great EMF device into an awesome one. It was a real marked change. That was driving along in the car, kind of absent-minded. All of a sudden, I had this idea. I sort of had to pull over, you know, sort of taken aback by it. Yeah, it, it really does a lot of things on, on a lot of different levels with the body, including the energy part of the body as well. Well, I, you know. Mark, I want to get into some of the the testing stuff that you've done uh, because I I found that very fascinating. Now, I'm someone that's pretty open minded to the esoteric woo woo land. I mean, I'm the guy that's had every sort of clay chip on my phone and the little um, you know uh, stickers yeah. that you put. You know, I have like I actually have some sticker on my computer, and I mean, I have all kinds of this stuff, and I'm like, it can't hurt, you know, like. You do muscle testing on one of the little chips or the clay balls that you put on your fucking computer. I'm like mm-hmm. pretty, you know, from a marketing... They can't do it, but it doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty, yeah. like, I would say somewhat gullible from a marketing perspective, but I don't really, yeah. you know, I, I now I have a more of a sense of responsibility since I have, you know, a, an audience for lack of a better um, term. And people, if I believe in something, they they might just try it out. And so I'm, you know, there's a lot of things I do that I don't recommend or ever talk about because I'm not really sure if it works. But there was, there's three or four things about the Blue Shield that gave me confidence outside of just the, you know, inspiration and, and intuition and having some familiarity with the concept of scalar waves and knowing that there's things yeah. that happen on a quantum level that you can't really you know, describe or explain or use a meter to detect. And um, and that was first the the animal studies that you did. I want to get into that. I think those are fascinating. Yep. And also the blood analysis. So those three, I'm just going to shelve that for a second. But I want to just describe what happened when I first got my Blue Shield Cube because it was interesting. I'm getting it, you know, and I'm hopeful. I don't really know how it works. But um, um, uh, Brandon that introduced us, is a trustworthy guy recommended by a friend, I think through my other friend, Mac, Matt Blackburn. And Matt's pretty scientific, but he's also a little woo-woo. He's kind of like me. He 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 walks the razor's edge there uh, on the believable and unbelievable. But he's like, dude, I got this thing and it's legit. You got to talk to these guys. So that's that's how I got the cube. And I plugged it in the middle of my apartment, which is sort of a long uh, layout. It's uh, maybe 1,500 square feet. And uh, I put it in the middle bedroom where I'm recording right now as an office. And for about the first two weeks, I woke up with these crazy headaches. And it seemed to be correlated to the installation of the device. Now, I didn't like do A-B testing where I turned it off for a week and turned it back on. I just thought, huh, what have I changed? And the only thing I really changed. So I reached out to Brandon and he's like, oh, dude, you're just finally going into a truly parasympathetic state and getting real sleep. And so your body's detoxing in ways that it hasn't been able to for a really long time. And he said, just, just, you know, he said, put it on every, every few nights if it's bothering you and you'll acclimate to it or uh, yeah. just rough it out and work through it. And what's funny is now I don't have any of those symptoms and my sleep has drastically improved with that freaking thing plugged in my house, I don't care if it's psychosomatic or not, or that you can measure with an EMF meter. I don't care. All I know is that I sleep deeper than I have in a long time. And also when I travel now, I mean, even if it's a one night road trip, I'm taking that freaking cube to my hotel. And as I said, I have the one in my car that's just always plugged in and on. So I just thought I would share that. I thought that was really interesting because I've not experienced that with any other type of, you know, device. And like I said, I've tried all the yeah. little, you know, I have these crystals made out of 
freaking noble metals. I don't even know what they are. Different types of resins and all these things that are supposed to produce scalar waves or quote unquote protect you from protect you from EMFs and none of them have ever done shit. They look kind of cool. Some of them, I have this neat little pyramid next to my bed. A guy made me and I'm very grateful. It was really sweet of him, but I don't really think it's protecting me from EMFs. And it certainly didn't give me headaches for two weeks and then make me sleep really well. So what do you think from your perspective might have happened when I first got that device and went through that little sort of Herxheimer period there? Do you think that makes sense as to what might have happened? Definitely a Herxheimer reaction, which is a detox reaction. Yeah, that's standard with everyone. Most people, you know, most people will actually experience that. Some will experience longer than others. If your health isn't very good, you'll experience that period of time. Won't be maybe ten days and maybe six weeks. We've had people that are very sick, and maybe some of these people have cancer. It's taken up to six weeks to for their body to adjust to that. But after that, these people have really felt a lot better. And a sleeping well is one of those. Think one of those benefits which really show up markedly, you know, your sleep is much, much, much deeper and, and um, it's improved markedly, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, these little stickers that stick on phones and stuff and they say they block 100% or 99.9%. What people don't really realize, and I think they're being sold uh, snake oil, you know, it's, it's pseudoscience, it's whatever you want to call it. This little sticker you stick on, maybe if you aimed EMF at it directly to that little spot, maybe it's a two centimeter or one inch circle. Yeah, it may stop the EMF on that little wee tiny circle part, but what about the rest of your phone? If it stopped (laughs) 99.9% of the signal, why does your phone still ring out? If it stopped 99.9% of the signal, you, you wouldn't be able to use your phone. You know, so people don't really think about things like that, you know? They get so wrapped up in this marketing that promises this and promises that. Unfortunately, you know, these people that produce these things need to sort of man up and be responsible for what they're doing. People who think they're safe and protected by using their product aren't really protected and aren't really safe. They're just going to start using their phone more often and, and, and um, you know, spending longer time on it, therefore exposing themselves to the the radio frequency radio microwave radiation from those devices, therefore increase the the problems they have with their health. You know, the, the problems are going to get worse. And down the track, you can't really reverse that damage. You know, your product's supposed to say it's protecting me from this and that. You know, the Blue Shield, however, there's quite a marked difference. It's an active device. Okay, it's what we call an active device. It has a power supply that produces a range of frequencies, which is in the natural human range, it's amplifying the effects of whatever is being put out. So it's putting out a scalar field, um, which is amplified in a certain way to affect the body. Now, all these other little devices, these little stickers, and they don't have a battery. They don't have a power supply. I've seen something recently, which is on the internet. It was like a card, and they said it had a microprocessor in the middle of it. Well, if it had a microprocessor, where's the battery to run that microprocessor? You know, and people people don't think about those things when they see marketing. Oh, it has a microprocessor. Oh, it must be great. Right. Blue Shield has a microprocessor. Your cell phone has a microprocessor. Your tablet has a microprocessor. Your computer has a microprocessor, but it needs power to run it. So where's the battery? And this is the first thing I would ask if I was someone looking into this thing to try and find the technology that would 
that would help me in my situation and protect me from EMF. If it didn't have a battery, it's not powered, therefore the the effect on the body is going to be pretty much zilch, you know? Well, how so I, anything that isn't powered isn't having really any effect. How I've gotten, A lot of it would be psychosomatic. Um, how I've gotten duped into buying some of those, you know, little EMF stickers and clay balls and that stuff is with is well, it's with muscle testing. You know, I'll be at a conference and oh. someone will be like, "Hey, you know, is your phone protected?" I go, "No." I mean, I keep it on airplane, but other than that, no. And they'll like do these things where they put a little sticker on your phone and then muscle test you, and then you're strong. And then take the sticker yeah. off your phone, put it back in your pocket, and you're weak. And and I believe in kinesiology. I mean, I believe the body is responsive to stimuli, negative or positive. And that's usually how I've gotten sold on those things. Next thing you know, I'm yeah, a, I'm a hundred I'm 150 bucks lighter. And I don't, you know, I don't it doesn't it, seem like they're magicians, like they're deliberately trying to fool me. I mean, they seem to believe what they're saying. Uh but it can be auto-suggested into the body. It can it can really influence um kinesiology tests like that, you know. It's very influenced. You know, this is why we did the blood test. Blood oh yeah, blood. yeah. Tell me about the blood test. Blood, right? So you do a test before Blue Shield. Uh, you take the blood out. You have a look there. You see quite a few distorted cells and some crystallization, some oxidation going on. You know, a few too many white blood cells. Then about ten days later, you can do another blood test, and you'll see a completely different picture. You know, all the cells are regular. There's no stacking of the cells. There's no oxidation, no crystallization present. Parasitic action has disappeared. A lot of things change uh, for the better. So without changing your diet or your lifestyle, you could be a smoker. You could be a drinker. You could be a drug addict. It doesn't matter. You're going to see a change. You know, with Blue Shield, you'll see the definite change before and after. And these results can be duplicated. We did it, we did it at a... Um, a lab here in New Zealand, the testing uh, Hamilton lab. Uh, it's actually uh, not a, not a good thing for natural therapists to do blood tests. They don't kind of allow it, but they've done them anyway. They do them. They do them for therapeutic, you know, reasons or diagnostic reasons. They they take the blood before and after when they do treatments for people sure. and get them on a re- regime of um, herbs and minerals or whatever. Um, so this particular natural therapist did these tests with um, metagenics and they took some pictures, you know, before and after, no change in diet, no change in lifestyle, no change in nothing, just simple using the products before using the products and after using the products. So there's a marked change and you can see that on the website is definitely a marked change in the, especially the membranes, very thin membranes on the, the old cells that were, in, in the blood, the red blood cells, so they were ghosting, which means they actually explode. The membranes are so thin on the red blood cells that it actually explode. So that's that's a, not a very good sign. Wow. <laughs> that's a sign that it's pretty there, bad. Going there, from that to a very strong membrane 10 days after is quite significant change, you know. Even if you just look at that alone, you know, there's a marked change. But there was a marked change overall. Less oxidation, less inflammation, less crystallization, We've always got to say less. Even if it wasn't there, we've always got to say less. You know, so nothing is 100%. Okay, so you will, you know, Blue Shield, we think it's around, from all our testing and all our uh, years of looking at this, we've come up to the arrangement that 93% 
of the energy from the blue shield is affecting the body. So there is about a 7% or a very small percentage of sort of what gets through, if you like. So right. any negative effect. So to every positive thing, there's always a negative outcome. But nothing is 100% efficient. So the energy emitted or the scalar energy emitted from the blue shield is going to be affecting you 93% efficiency, which is very, very high. A lot of these other devices out there that are that are I see, uh, you know, more like forty or fifty. They're probably the highest I've ever seen is sixty percent. Sixty percent of your EMF is mitigated, but what about the other forty? No. In terms of so, the mark, in terms of the, 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 I want to cover the live blood cell analysis stuff. Um, anecdotally, I had an interesting experience. I mean, I've done live blood cell analysis a few times, but I did one before and after getting on a um, magnetic mattress pad that I have under my under my mattress. It's called a Magnetico sleep pad. And I was at a conference and they did a demo and they had someone there doing live blood analysis. They they pricked my finger, looked at the blood on the dark field microscope and and it was all, you know, coagulated. The cells are uh, red blood cells are sticking together. It's all fucked up looking. And then I go lay on this, just, it's just a passive magnet. It's not plugged in or anything. It's not PMF. It's just a, um, I think it's, a unidirectional magnet, if I'm not mistaken, um, and meaning one polarity, uh, but I could have that wrong. Don't no one quote me on that and email me and call me an idiot. But it's it's I know that it's passive, right? It's just a magnetic field, like the magnetic field that would have been coming off the surface of the Earth many years ago before it got depleted for whatever reason. And then I lay on this damn magnet thing for I don't know 10, 15 minutes, and then they go prick my finger again, and my blood is beautiful. And I thought, okay, here's my 2,500 bucks. I mean, it was like, it was irrefutable. Now, you know, it could have been psychosomatic or placebo. I, I don't know. Um, I've done much research on it since then, and I believe in its efficacy. But at the time, that was very convincing to me. So when you guys well, have done... there would be certain things that would be probably changed. And the main thing that would have changed there, Luke, would be that your red blood cells uh, were in like a roulette, like stacked plates, right? Right. So it's a relay effect, what they call relay. Um, now, coming into contact with a static magnetic field like that, it will cause your blood cells to separate out, right? But fundamental changes like oxidation, inflammation, um, the thickness of the membrane of the cell would still be the same. Uh, that wouldn't change. So certain factors, yes, it would be all spread out. It won't be perfect, but there will be a change. But you know, they're getting you to look at one thing, not everything. So, you know, that's you know, that's kind of a, a way to prove something to some degree. Whereas your your blood, your red blood cells were stacked in the beginning, and they're in relay effect, and you'd probably feel pretty lethargic or tired or whatever, maybe. Um, or you'd had your cell phone on you all day, and it caused your blood to turn like that, which it does. And then you go online this static magnetic field and all of a sudden all your blood cells separate. Yeah, it does. It, it, that happens. But that's probably all that happens. When you guys did the live blood cell analysis, um, A, how many times have you repeated that? And do you think there was any possibility of influence in terms of the subject knowing that the device was there and getting that placebo or that auto-suggestion changing their physiology? No. I, you can't you can't um, auto-suggest um, red blood cells membranes becoming thicker oh, than they wow. were. They were ghosting, okay? You can't auto-suggest that there's going to be no crystallization in the blood, 
where you can see these crystals floating around beforehand. You can't mentally program yourself to make your blood really cool and, and, and healthy, you know? Right. Um, there were misshapen cells, red cells. There's a lot of factors we looked at. So we looked at everything we could, right? The white blood cell was like 25 leukocytes per mil and it came down to 15, which was more a normal level, okay? You can't auto-suggest those things. You can't suggest that your body is going to start to produce less white blood cells because it's now not reacting to, P to EMF, right? So the same thing when we did for, for cows. We did a test for the somatic cell count. Um, we did one test, which we haven't actually put up. Um, we did a test on a farm. We had cows with, uh, with the uh, neck straps on. We had a blue shirt on each cow. And some of these cows... In the, in the milk, they have what they call somatic cell counts, which is a white blood cell count in the milk. And this cell count can be very, very high, sometimes as high as about 5,000 um, 5, cells per mil, which is extremely high, and that's kind of bordering on mastitis, so that the cow will experience some difficulties with its milk passing, etc. Whereas with um, a normal cow, 300, 300 is a very good very healthy cow with 300 somatic cell count uh, in their milk. So the white blood cells are at a level of 300, which is acceptable and, and, a, and a very healthy cow. So we use these on cows and we saw that somatic cell count come from some of those cows that were very, very high cell counts come down to their hundreds instead of their thousands. Um, some One particular cow, I remember being at 5,000, coming down to about 400 uh, within about 10 days. So this happens constantly. We, we've done other testing on people. People have gone away and done their own testing and everyone comes back with the same results. You know, you can go and do it for yourself. You can choose someone that you know that doesn't have a blue shield, take them for a blood test, get their blood test, look for all these little things that are in the blood, do the test, give them a blue shield to use, go away for a couple of weeks, whatever it may be, uh, 10 days, is probably sufficient time to see a definite arc change. Come back to another blood test after, you'll see consistent results across the board. You know, we've done this test dozens of times. We haven't officially done testing and put it up there for dozens of people because we get the same results all the time. You know, we didn't think it was really necessary to do a thousand people. Um, and a lot of testing out there, they're, they're normally only testing about 10 people, you know. Um, I'm doing so, that, dude. I'm going to do that. I'm gonna <laughs> we've looked at other things we can test. You know, we've looked yeah. at other things we can test, like melatonin levels and serum, um, melatonin and uh, what's this cortisol oh. levels. Yeah, we're looking at doing testing like that because. But what we need is some university that will accept that kind of thing and go through and do those testing. Uh, we have had some some suggestions from an Australian university, but it's very difficult to set up tests and get people involved with uh, certain technologies because of the um, the PC, the bureaucracy around this kind of right. uh, very, uh, what do you call it? Yeah. Uh, well, my mom's got uh, Lyme disease and she's working with the amp coil right now. Uh, actually, I need to call her and see how that's going now that I think about it. But I got her the Blue Shield Cube and plugged it in her house. And it's interesting because she's very compromised and she didn't report any side effects at all like I did. Like I had that couple week period where I said I had to kind of adjust to it. And then after that, it really helped my sleep. But um, I didn't get any reports that anything changed from her, uh, which is interesting. 
she's probably not quite well enough to do a live blood cell analysis on just because she's not that mobile. But I'm going to take one of my my quote unquote healthy friends that lives here in this really high EMF electro smog hell known as Los Angeles. And I'm, it's like, I want to not even tell them what I'm doing, but just take them, get live blood cell analysis, sneak in their house, put the blue shield under their freaking bed and then take them back, you know, two weeks later or something to see what changed. I think that would be a really interesting uh, experiment to do. Um, but we've done that. We've done that a lot of times. And what happens is that once the people adjust to the field, they actually feel that it's the normal environment, right? So they said, oh, I've had it in for a couple of weeks and I felt great in the first couple of weeks, but now I don't feel anything. Well, you don't feel anything different because you've adjusted to it, you know? Right. So that becomes the new normal. But right. I bet you, you take it away within a few days, man, you'll be screaming, wanting that back, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, this is that's what's happened times. to me. That's what's happened to me, dude. Yep. I'm serious. Like when I travel, I, like I said, I literally plug it in on every airplane ride. I always have it in the car. And then I just went away um, to a town called Ojai for one night recently. And I took the Blue Shield and plugged it in my hotel room. Like I'm not going anywhere without it because... I know the difference of what it feels like. But I want to jump back to the cow study. This was fascinating to me. And I think this is one of the big selling points when I first learned about this because, you know, of course, if there's always an inherent bias when a company is like, hey, we make this thing. If there's a monetary incentive for anyone promoting it, like I do uh, with many products, including this one, um, you, you have to question it. But cows don't make any money off any testing. So to me, that yeah. was really interesting. Um, but I, the way I pictured it was you and have... the chickens. The chickens yeah, and I, well. wanna, and I want to hear about the chickens too, because those were the two most compelling bits. I didn't even know about the live blood cell analysis until right now. With the cows, what I envisioned was you guys put one of the cubes like in their little barn and there's a cell tower nearby and it just helped all the cows. I didn't know until right now that you actually put the devices physically on some of the cows and not others, got the positive result with the ones who had the device on and didn't get it with the others. That's fascinating. So that's that's, right. that's, that, right. that's really cool. And the other thing I wanted to know, am I making this part of the story up when I tell people? Or are these farms that are near a cell tower or that have really high EMF exposure? Or are they just you um, know random cows out in a farm out in a field that are unhealthy for whatever reason? Okay, um, one of the tests we did initially was in Minnesota, USA, in the 1990s, would be 1996, 97. They had cows that were being born with birth defects, okay? Some of these birth defects were quite pronounced and some of them uh, were, were born without an anus, you know? So they would um, die, you know? Wow. Um, they had mutations. So DNA mutations from stray voltage. You've probably heard about stray voltage. In America, you don't have a, a, a very good earthing system. Generally, what happens on the farms is that the the, the earth go, earthing goes through the ground, right, back to the substation. It doesn't actually go through a wire like we have here. So it's what they call stray voltage. Now, this is causing a lot of problems. You know, you get birth defects in cows and some cows are born without certain eyes or they're born blind or or they were missing a limb. All these really weird birth defects with these cows, right? Because a lot of time these cows are kept in barns. Um, in New Zealand here, we keep them out in the paddock. They don't go in barns because it doesn't snow here like it does in Minnesota. So they had a lot of problems. Um, and when they installed the, the Blue Shield in, in the barns, um, there was significant change in both the behaviour and, you know, later effects down down the track. There was no more defects from 
you know, birth defects from being exposed to that radiation. So that's kind of an extreme case. Um, here in New Zealand, we did a test on a farm uh, in Matamata, which is probably about an hour's drive from where I am. These have been exposed since 1970. This area has been exposed by a TV mast. Now, before this TV mast went up in 1970, there was no problem with the cows in that area because it's a massive dairy farming area. So there's a lot of farms with cows that get milked, right? So when this TV mast went up, what happened is that these uh, cows became stressed out and they they had to have salt blocks. So these are mineral salt blocks uh, to minimize their stress because these cows are stretched out, they're losing minerals, they're getting sick, they're getting mastitis, and a lot of things were going wrong with them. So they what they did to combat this, they gave them the salt blocks to lick. Well, that probably helped to some degree, but a lot of these cows in that area, you know, would suffer from mastitis and other diseases and, and birth defects and things like that were happening as well. So overall, the area that we, we studied was probably quite away from the TV mast, but they were still having problems with some of these cows with a high somatic cell count. So my initial thing was that we just put one on every cow. Uh, we also installed, installed one in the actual milking shed, so when they come in, um, some of these cows were quite agitated being around the electrical equipment in a, um, a modern milking uh, shed. So we had one installed in there, which was a plug-in at the time. Um, it was installed, and, and the cows were considerably calmer when they came into the milking shed than they were previously. But some of these cows, we put uh, the uh, collars around the neck with a blue shield on, uh, we did two different types of blue shield at that time. There was a weaker one and a stronger one. So we also tried the weaker one and the stronger one too, um, just to see if there's any different effects. But uh, we did the somatic cell counts testing on those. It's basically a, a computerized system where once the milk comes through, it gets tested automatically, and they can look at it and just see at a glance what the somatic cell count of that particular cow is. So we didn't have to take a sample of the milk, go to a lab. It was all done and right on the spot, which was really good because we could see at a glance, okay, this cow was 5,000, now it's down to 3,000. It's only been five days, you know. So we just did recording every day of the somal count of all these cows, and we had these cows numbered. There was around about 40 cows that we tested. We did show that there was a drastic, drastic reduction in the somatic cell count. That's um, on average. That's freaking so some of these awesome, cows of five thousand came down to four hundred. Some of these cows were only you know fifteen hundred cell count. And they came down to as low as two hundred. So there was a significant change in the quality of the milk. So there was a higher fat content. The protein content was up. There was still a little little changes, you know, in the actual milk itself. So the guy obviously would be doing things on his farm to supplement the cows, give the cows certain feeds. Um, he didn't comment that some of these changes that were in the the um, proteins within the – because they, they get the milk sent away and tested from time to time. The protein content was up. The fat content was up. Um, there were certain little markers that they can tell the quality of the milk was up over, overall. So – 
when they come to collect the milk and they do the sampling and, and they do the testing, they can get better money for better quality milk. So they were getting better money um, by the end of the testing. Oh, interesting, and interesting. God, I we, wish... We looked at getting Fonterra. You've probably heard of Fonterra over in the States. Fonterra are a very big um, dairy firm over in New Zealand. We actually approached Fonterra. We went down to their site over in Manamata and talked to them. They weren't even interested in um, what we were doing to improve the milk quality. Dude, get, make us some better uh, grass-fed butter. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know where they're coming from, but... Um, yeah. They weren't even interested in, in what we were doing. So, and maybe they're not wanting to acknowledge that there was a problem, you know, in the first place. But, um, well, you yeah, know, I guess that's how it is in this country. You know, people are a little bit narrow minded. Yeah. Well, many, many people like are. Sheep. Yeah. Sheeple. You guys have sheeple down there too. Uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that they're by a, a, a TV, um, you know, transmitter because I didn't even know about UHF and VHF radiation until literally two days ago when I interviewed Jack Cruz and he said, "Dude, he's always telling me to move out of LA, and it's usually he's bitching about 5G." But he goes, "Dude, you're in the the biggest transmission, you know, area of UHF and VHF radiation." And I'm like, "What is that? A type of VCR or something?" He goes, "No, there's huge satellite dishes all in Hollywood that are broadcasting all over the world, and you're right in the middle of the those fields too. Not to mention the military bases in Southern California, like down by San Diego, that are uh, transmitting uh, radar. You know, he's like, you're in like the worst EMF place in the world, basically." Well, but, there's there's satellites all around the Earth transmitting radar radar all the time. I mean, they're scanning, they're sending signals down to Earth, aren't they, all of the time? Right. We're constantly bombarded from every direction. You know, you can't get away from it. You move out into the rural areas, you still got those satellites up in the sky there, beaming down microwaves, and you know, it's it's impossible to get away from it all. You know, it's it's, it's the condition of our our time, our te- technology is where it's at. You know, it's kind yeah. of teenage technology, I guess you could call it, because we have something which is pretty dangerous to the population, yet we use it um, on a day-to-day basis and and, um, everyone takes for granted that it's kind of safe where it's really not, you know. In terms of... I mean, you know when AM radio was introduced to to the States initially, when AM radio was introduced, um, all these people started dying of brain tumors. They would get this particular type of brain tumor and they'd die. And and. The first state that had AM radio in it was the one to start, you know, the state to start having all these particular type of brain tumors. So a particular percentage of the population was sensitive to AM radio and therefore they died out. Is wow. that natural selection? Maybe, you know. Wow. That's, that's in interesting. A, in a Shit. It's pretty, I, pretty, pretty horrid. But um, so the people that had a genetic uh, predisposition to a brain tumor. Um, from being exposed to AM radio, you know, all of a sudden these people started coming down with these brain tumors and um, they died, of course. Probably Dude, the majority nuts. of them, I'd say. That's nuts. I've never heard that. I, on a, until yeah. a couple of days ago, I didn't know that, you know, the radio waves from FM radio, AM radio, TV stations, I, I never even considered that radiation. It's yeah, like, people don't. I'm like, <laughs> as if there's not enough to deal with. Um, here's a question you know, for you. Your PlayStation, your Xbox, you know, your computer, your, your watch, man. You know, who's if, got an Apple watch on? 
in a way, I want to teleport back to, uh, you know, 1750 and just be born then and not have to worry about this shit. Um, But then again, I wouldn't have internet and I couldn't do a podcast. So there you go. I have a question for you. And then I want to jump back to the chicken study because that one is fascinating too. So say, you know, right now I'm living in this, this, this toxic soup of EMF living in the middle of LA. Now I know there's even worse things going on than I, than I did four days ago or so. Uh, you know, and if we're getting, you know, 93% of this stuff covered with the Blue Shield technology, um, would it still make sense to move into a, a less densely populated area and then still go ahead and run the Blue Shield to just cover me for the radar and the satellites and all the stuff that's still hitting you even in a smaller town or a, a less densely populated area? Or is it? does it not make a difference and I can just stay in the city and just have my scalar waves jamming and not worry about it? I yeah, mean, just stay where you are. Is there, I mean, is there added benefit to moving to a less populated area? I guess that's what I'm saying. No, I don't believe there is. Wow. So you, um, you feel that you know, confident? Oh, totally. Everyone has what they call a tipping point, right? So... You know, I, I remember when if I didn't have a blue shield around me, I mean, I've been using technology for a long, long time. But if I I take off and drive out of here and I forget my portable, I'm driving back within 10 minutes. I thought, oh, I better take it, you know, because I do notice when I don't have it. Um, you know, this is something that works long term that gives me benefits all of the time. So it's not something that is like a quick fix for now and not later, you know, and and if you're living in the center of LA, Bangkok, you know, Paris, London, and you know, you're surrounded by all this stuff, you don't really need to move. You know, that's a little bit drastic unless you have a cell phone tower right in your front yard, you know, um, I kind of do. I wouldn't be really <laughs> I, I, How I, close is it? Oh, uh, well, it's not a full tower. It's it's on top of a building that's a- across the street from me. Maybe I can't think in terms of meters, of course, but uh, I want to say probably from where I'm sitting right now, I'm in the back of my apartment and that's, you know, where I sleep is more toward the back. I want to say probably a hundred yards and then I'm on the second floor okay. and where this, these, it's not full towers, like those big round ones with all the different, you know, kind of um, yeah. attachments on That's it. It's, or something. it's, it's yeah. two repeaters. or three, it's two or three little bars up on top of the building, which is probably about 10 stories high. So I'm eight stories down about a hundred yards away. Yeah. You'd be right with your cube. Yeah. I mean, it's too close for my taste, but it's, you know, it's where I live for now. Um, all right, so yeah, I don't think this whether you got the when you've got the the cube, you know. I mean, you everyone's got a tipping point. So what I was saying is that if you you know before without a blue shield, I could use my phone probably for about twenty minutes before I'd feel it affecting me. You know, with a blue shield, I could probably use it for three or four, five, six hours with 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 a blue shield, um, and it wouldn't affect me until until you've been using it for probably you know. 20 times longer than you normally would before, um, you may start being fatigued, but it may not be directly to do with EMF. It may be to do with your concentration, looking at a screen, you know, focusing on one thing, doing, you know, using your brain to do stuff, you know, so you're actually physically doing stuff. So, you know, we've had people that haven't been able to use devices and all of a sudden now they can use them, you know, but there is a tipping point for everyone. There is a point where you feel tired, you know, and that's yeah. just natural. 
Yeah. So there is a point where the use of this wireless technology, if you're on your phone five hours a day, you know, if you reach six hours, you're going to feel tired, you know. So it may not be or may be due to the EMF um, exposure. It, it just really depends on what you're doing and, and where you're living and what you're doing. It could be diet related. It could be a whole lot of stuff, you know. I don't want to go down that road because there's just too many variables. Sure. Um, but, but nine times out of ten, um, most people experience that they can spend a lot more time on their wireless devices than they could before. Right. Um, because they don't get fatigued and they don't get the symptoms of EMF exposure um, that they did before. So that's great. Let's, you know, uh, it's good productivity. Mark, take um, me less take, cold and flu as well. Um, for those listening, if you hear me keep interrupting, it's because we're on a Skype call. <laughs> you can't read body language and like take the cue when you can jump in. So I, I find myself doing that. I'm like, wow, I never do that in person. Um, I, I wanted to ask you though about the chicken study because the, the cow study to me is the most compelling part of this whole conversation. I just find that so fascinating. That and the live blood cell analysis uh, where your biology or in this in that case, the animal's biology is giving indications that there's something positive happening. What what was the uh, chicken study or studies that you did? Okay, um, this is going back a long time. And um, it was it was the main thing that we noticed. I guess when you've got a lot of chickens cooped up in a in a shed, they make a lot of noise, yeah? Yeah, yeah, they they're go crazy. Play, I've, I've seen it. pecking at each other. And they're under stress, you know, because A, they're in a tin shed, which is kind of, keeping out the natural magnetic field of the earth to some degree, right? So in a tin, tin shed is one thing, but they're all tightly, uh, you know, kept together in these cages and, and different layers, you know, some of these are 10 layers high, you know, these chickens are just in rows and rows and rows and, and they're all clucking each other and, 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 you know, some of them are picking each other and, you know, who knows what they're, what they're doing, but um, they're under stress, and the main thing was the reduction in noise, which we noticed it was really profound. Um, stressed out chickens make a lot of noise. Chilled out chickens make a whole lot less noise. So that was the main thing we saw was that these chickens were really chilled out. And because of that, the mortality rate was considerably lower. So less chickens died as a result of being exposed to the Blue Shield. So the mortality rate or the longevity of the chicken went up. So these chickens lived longer. Um, we did blood tests and stuff. We saw less parasitic action in the blood was the main thing we were looking at. Parasites in the blood, they disappeared. The eggs that they produced were actually getting bigger and the egg shell was getting thicker. So overall, the, although the, the farm didn't desire to produce bigger eggs, the chickens were producing bigger eggs anyway. Oh, that's so cool. The health, the health of the egg was improved, if you like. Right. Um, yeah. And, so, and were those, um, was that chicken farm near uh, power lines or uh, cell towers or any of that kind of stuff? Or was it just in out in the out in the boonies random? I was in the, in the inner city a little bit, but it wasn't uh, near any real massive sources of EMF. It wasn't near a cell phone tower. It would have been near power lines. Right. Um, but those power lines weren't very strong as far as the output goes, as far as 
the voltage goes on them, they would have been just standard power lines. Um, the main thing I think this this the chickens were under stress because of their living conditions, and they were just jammed in there, you know, and they were just fed grain and and um, they were just clucking there, you know, and making a lot of noise. And it's like I guess you know if you're in a room and all these people are talking, everyone's trying to over talk each other. Kind of seemed like that, you know. Yeah, I've <laughs> I've been in a chicken coop, man, uh, on, on numerous occasions, <laughs> and it's they go crazy. They are not happy. Even even the no, ones that like are it. quote unquote free range when they're inside the barn when they come in to feed they they go freaking nuts. So yeah, I thought that one was really interesting too. Um, mm. As as we start to come to a close here, I'm just wondering, you know, what's next for you guys? Do you have any uh, more studies or any of this kind of stuff on the books, or what do you have going on in terms of um, new developments or anything for you guys? Well, you know, the thing of five G is really. Um, a real sort of issue these days and people, you know, are making a big deal of it because it seems to be maybe the awareness of, of people in general is increasing in this sort of area. You know, they, they're being exposed to all this stuff that they don't know what the effects are of and um, that freaks people out because there hasn't been any studies, you know. But, but you know, everyone knows and, and there's people trying to disprove and and discredit certain things out there and, and – um, you know, people are offended by things that are introduced and, and they haven't been or haven't had a say in, you know, oh, they should be introduced, not they just get introduced. You know, technology changes. You don't get the choice whether you get a, a, a readable meter or a smart meter put on your place, although we can here in this country, some countries like Canada, it's mandatory. We go and change your normal meter for a smart meter and you've got no say in it. You know, you just have to go with the change in technology, whether you like it or not. And I think that's the, the, the main problem um, with a lot of things here. Um, we, we have looked at um, making a product, um, especially with a 5G in mind, that will um, cause the body to kind of repair damage. Oh, like. interesting. Um, so we have found out um, the repair mechanism at a DNA level. We need to do further testing on it. Um, we do have something available that is coming up, which we have tested. It is getting amazing results with people. It's I wouldn't say it's therapeutic, but it may have some seemingly therapeutic benefits. It's only probably because it's doing something um, a little bit more than the original Blue Shield does. So we've incorporated uh, something that will, which will actually assist the body a bit, bit more um, in those very high extreme levels of radiation. So if you have a 5G aerial outside your house, it's kind of pointed at your house or you know in the vicinity that you live in, you may want to get one of these 5G uh, specifically 5G uh, products, which will give you a little bit, won't give you any more protection, but it will give you a little bit more sort of peace of mind. It, it, it should actually start doing some kind of repair work, if you like. But the body is doing the repair work. The, the machine is allowing the body to do the, to get into the right circumstance, the right condition to do the repair work. The body is the thing that repairs itself. Um, 
anything that is involved or therapeutic is only basically bringing about the right conditions for the body to repair itself. So, right, right, yeah, yeah that's really interesting because we've we've kind of um, yeah, we've got a few out there. We'll have a few available very soon. Um, on Brandon will be uh, putting those out there on on his uh, blueshield-us.com website. And um, they'll be available for sale. But really, we're only recommending those for, for those people that are really near 5G installations. Yeah. We're really worried about this sort of new think, technology coming up. I so. think uh, people that live in uh, on the island of Manhattan are going to be some customers for that one. Because yeah, that yeah. city, they, they it's funny, man. They're doing, they're doing the same. LA is more spread out. So when they roll out 5G, it, it happens incrementally. But... They they're acting like they're just rolling out five G in New York City, but it's already everywhere. It's been there for a couple of years. Yeah, right. they're okay. such fucking liars. These telecommunications yeah. giants. It's super annoying to me. Yeah. Um, it's a big and, business. Yeah, and like you said, there's you know there's very little consideration, if any at all, actually for you know the um, the repercussions of these things on on not just humans but animals and the bees. I mean, that's the thing people I don't think realize. When they look at a guy like me and think I'm a paranoid tinfoil hat hippie, dude, if we knock out the bees with all this radiation, there's going to be no food on the planet. And then you have real problems. So, Yep, that's you know. right. Well, we have one of the bees. <laughs> oh, really? That. Yeah, we've just come up with a solar-powered version. Oh, cool. Um, which is probably the strength of a cube, which we've, we've put inside of a solar panel. And um, we've got the first 50 rolling out uh, this month. Um and they are just basically a solar-powered cube, but it's a flat panel, the 30-watt panel that uh, charges up some batteries, and it runs the circuitry for the Blue Shield, and also powers a fan. So when it gets too hot inside there, it starts the fan up and circulates the air to keep it cool. So you could put um, that you could put that near your hives if you're a beekeeper. Yep, definitely. Yeah, we've actually had some. Uh, the cube we've actually used in certain um, places in Australia where they've got bees kept, and um, the bees are a lot calmer. Oh, that is that so cool, man! They produce better honey. They produce better honey. Dude, you could be saving the planet. Well, <laughs> like seriously. Well, yeah. Without without bees, it's only four years, and we all starve to death. But, oh um, my god! You know, yeah, I just interviewed a um, the founder of a, a bee product company. Uh, called Carly Stein, and uh, her company is called Beekeepers Naturals. They make some really, really high quality organic bee products. And she, I don't know if she made the correlation between EMFs, but we were talking about the bee population, and um, we did talk a little bit about glyphosate and the, you know, the the poisoning okay. of the bee population through pesticides and stuff like that. But the EMF thing, I don't think people realize is a, is a huge issue for bee populations too. Oh, huge. Because bees have a little little magnets in their brain that guide them back to the hive. And if they actually are um, disorientated by cell phone towers and it interferes with their little, uh, you know, uh, directional uh, GPS sort of thing they've got going for themselves, well, they're going to lose their way back home and um, because they just disappear. This is what happens. They don't find them dead anywhere. They just disappear. So obviously they they, they get disorientated uh, from the magnetic fields from or radio frequency fields from um, cell phone towers nearby and uh, they lose their way home because what the cell phone tower is doing is swamping out the natural magnetic field of the Earth because it's a lot stronger and the bees can no longer t- detect that, you know? Wow. So, um, 
That is a real problem. Um, we've actually been aware of this for quite some time. Probably the last couple of years I've been um, looking at doing a model. We've done a prototype and um, we're just rolling out a few just to do some testing with and, and get out there in the field and you know people that are interested in them can actually purchase them. But oh, um, these can be attached to a hive on top of the hive. Or that's they can so be cool. in a farm situation. If they have a barn, they can also attach this to the top of the barn. It'll be like having a cube on its own power supply, not having to rely on any plugins anywhere. Wow, um, I love that, dude. Good innovation. Yeah. That's that's very cool. And and when those become available, you got to let me know, and I'll I'll tell my friend Carly if <laughs> she can get her uh, her her bee farms on on board with that because she you know she's definitely. Yeah. She's um, part of her mission, you know, is to really save the bees in addition to providing people with their their products. Um, so as we come to a close here, man, I just first off want to say thank you. I've had a lot of listeners um, get the Blue Shield products and I've only heard positive things so far. I've, I've not received one message or anything on Facebook or social media anywhere going, what is this thing? It's dumb. I don't notice. Because I get, um, you know, I get notified and I get feedback from people when they follow recommendations or things that I'm doing. And so I'm just super stoked to finally be able to talk to you because a lot of people come to me and say, well, you always you know, post on Instagram about this thing or on Facebook, what does it do? And I'm like, ah, I don't really know how to explain it, but I promise I'll interview Mark and we'll get to the bottom of it. So right. I think we've done a really good job of, of you know, giving people a nice comprehensive understanding of how this works. And uh, I'm just super stoked. Yeah, at least the beginning anyway. Yeah. yeah, I'm stoked that I found you guys. And I look forward to, you know, seeing further developments and, um, you know, any studies that come out or different things you guys are doing. So I just want to encourage people to definitely get to your site and <clears throat> do a bit more uh, reading over there because there's a lot of educational materials there too, which are very useful. Uh, before we yeah. close it out, so you've taught me a ton about all of this crazy technology today. Uh, who have been three teachers or teachings that you might point our audience to go check out? People that have influenced your life or your work in general? People. Yeah, or books, um, teachings, any, anything that you know has been influential that people might be able to go um, study a bit on their own. Okay, well, um, I, I have, I'm not a real um, avid reader, but I have read quite a few books, and one of them in particular is um, Wallace D. Waddles. Oh, I um, love it. Yeah. About um, the science of getting rich. Love I it, I mean, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not really just about getting rich. It's about the mindset and having a positive mindset um, about life and about just different departments of your life. So he goes through and covers a lot of that. And, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not um, getting rich is, is just a basically side effect of um, doing something really well, you know. Um, currently, Blue Shield is in 12 countries. Um, I believe that this is Blue Shield is successful because of my own mindset um, and the people that I work with um, also have a similar mindset and um, we try and work together as a team. Um, we have different distributors in different countries and we try to collaborate and, and um, you know, with our marketing and with our information and getting it out there. You know, it's, it's a big task, you know. Um, the world's quite a big place in a way. Um, you've got different countries with different cultures and different languages. And, um, you know, the whole idea with Blue Shield is to get Blue Shield in every single device that we can. So we're looking at bringing out our own phones um, down the track. We're looking at putting Blue Shield into our own routers. Um, 
things like that. You know, we want to get Blue Shield in as many devices, planes, trains, transport, all of that. We're looking at all these possibilities. Um, but our first thing, I think, the major thing we're looking at doing is putting Blue Shield inside a phone and, and bringing out technology that people can use and feel safe to use rather than, you know, being sold some kind of gimmick to stick on the phone and, and have no effect at all. Right. So, you know, um, yeah, that's what's Wallace D. Waddles, the science of getting rich is, is a really good place to start. Also, I looked at Napoleon Hill's book, um, think and grow rich. Um, the idea behind this wasn't really to grow rich, <laughs> although I probably am, but, um, you know, it's, that's not the whole point. The whole point is to, um, have the mindset and a positive mindset and not let negative things affect you. Um, you know, that you come across from day to day, you know, people, things, circumstances, these things in our lives are there to teach us something. Um, and when we do learn from that, we then are able to evolve or progress to the next lesson. You know, life is a bunch of lessons. And um, as long as we're open to that and we're not sort of negatively thinking like the whole world's on top of me, look at it from a different angle. Well, maybe this is here to teach me something if I learn from it, then probably this might just disappear from my life and then I'll carry on to the next step, you know. So life is a bunch of steps. You know, you take one step and, and you learn something at that level then you're allowed to get to the next step, you know. So it just really depends on your whole mindset. And uh, Wallace D. Waddles is a good place to start. Yeah, those are two of my favorites for sure. Uh, think and Grow Rich. Again, I love that you pointed you out... Oh yeah, zillion times. <laughs> yeah. Wallace D. Waddles I have on audiobook. I've had that MP3 for a long, yeah. long time. But Think and Grow Rich, I've read and listened to a lot. And also Napoleon Hill's lectures. You can find his um some of his lectures. And he absolutely, as you as you stated, you know, said it's not about getting rich monetarily, it's about being rich in your abundance of thinking and possibilities and just having a really open mind. Exactly. So those are to me, those are two fundamental uh, teachings, no matter what area of life you want to succeed in. Do you have a, uh, a third one? Um, there is one particular person who uh, I looked at reading his books way, way back, um, Joel Goldsmith. Oh, don't know that one. Joel Goldsmith um, was the guy who looked at manifestation of things and, and getting things to happen in your life and getting your life to be, I don't know, at a spiritual level to get to get you in harmony with with your purpose of why you're here, your your life purpose, your life uh, you know a lot of people go through this question, what am I here for? Why am I on this earth? What am I supposed to be doing? You know, I mean a lot of people don't find out their purpose in life um, Blue Shield is my purpose. This is I've been very clearly shown that this is my purpose. This is what I'm meant to be doing. This is what I'm meant to be. This is this is my life work, you know. And 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 for everyone, it's not the same. Maybe maybe their life work is to be the best mother or the best housewife wife ever, you know. Um, it could be something very simple, or it could be something very complex. It just really depends on the individual. But um, Joel Goldsmith. Um, point out a whole lot of different things about how to kind of uh, get what you want out of life, I guess. Cool. I love Probably it. Probably worth looking at it. 
I love it. We'll put it in the show notes. And those of you that want the show notes emailed to you every day can go to lukestory.com forward slash newsletter. And I will send each and every episode to you every week. Uh, Speaking of newsletters and websites, do you got any uh, social media or websites you want to throw at us that we can include in the show notes? I'll go have a look at um, blueshield-us.com. Brandon Amalani, the uh, Blue Shield distributor in the USA, is actually doing a great job at educating people and and marketing Blue Shield. Uh, Definitely worth going there and checking everything out. All the test results and all the studies we've done is on there. A bunch of other stuff. I mean, you can even give uh, Brandon a ring and and say hi to him. And um, he's a great guy. He's, He's got a lot of knowledge about the body and and different things. And, um, you know, it's worth worth taking the time to actually talk to him directly. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very knowledgeable guy. Very accessible. Very cool. And uh, I think I, if you if you guys are searching too, if you look at lukestory.com forward slash store, I've got the link to the US uh, store on there also. So you guys are easy to find through my world because since I discovered this stuff, I've been pretty avidly uh, telling people about it because there's not really anything else like it out there that works. So I'm, uh, I'm super stoked. And I just want to thank you, man, again, for finally getting us connected here on Skype. And uh, I think we've got a, a decent enough recording quality to put out and meet and meet the, uh, the stringent standards of the Lifestylist podcast. And Really excited to share this with people as I've gotten so many questions about how this really works. So thank you so much, Mark. And that, my friends, brings another episode of the Lifestylist Podcast to a screeching halt. If you're anything like me, when my friend Matt Blackburn turned me on to the Blue Shield products, you're probably going, uh, I need to get one of these in my house at least, if not my car, maybe even my pocket. To do so, you can go to blueshield-us.com. Don't forget to leave out the E in blue. Or you can just go to lukestory.com forward slash store, find the EMF section, and I've got all the Blue Shield products there because they're freaking awesome. You might not know, though, that you can save 10% off on the Blue Shield stuff by entering the code LUKE. So that's blueshield-us.com or just go to my store, use the code LUKE to save 10% off, and they're already pretty affordable. So... Get on that if you want to get your house and your car and even your pocket hooked up with some Skilar Waves. All right, let's do for real thank yous to our sponsors because without them, this show would not be possible. Ain't nobody got time to do a podcast for free. I'm running a couple companies here. I'm a busy guy. Got to have sponsors in order to pay the bills. We've got editors, we've got graphic designers, people that run the website, all sorts of things going on behind the scenes to make a proper professional podcast like this one hopefully is, happen. First one is beekeepersnaturals.com. The best bee products in the world, straight up, hands down, not even playing with you. Go to beekeepersnaturals.com, enter the code lifestylist and save 15% off not only their great products, but also do your part to save our food supply and our environment because we need them damn bees. And these guys are doing a lot of preservation work really great company. Now, if you want to get down with some red light therapy, the best place to do that is over at juve.com. What's up? Go to J-O-O-V-V.com. That's juve.com. Enter the code Luke and they're going to send you a little special gift with your order. Last but certainly not least are our friends over at Organifi. That's Organifi.com forward slash Luke. Enter the code Luke and save 20% off. Don't forget that's Organifi with an I at the end. Like all of our sponsors and everything that I discuss on this show, anything and everything I find that's of any value when it comes to your health, 
can always be found at lukestory.com forward slash store. I've spent 22 years finding the best of the best and linking to them in my store. And as you might've figured out when you get over there, I don't actually sell anything. I call it my store uh, just because it's an easier way to describe it. But really what it is, is just my greatest hits of links and discount codes that you can use to save yourself from buying crappy stuff without discounts and to save you from having to do all the research that I happily do. I'm the nerd that goes on you know, a, a website for some supplement company and reads the fine print and every FAQ and even gets on the phone in some cases with the CEOs as I do for all of my advertisers to make sure that they aren't selling anything that's funky at all whatsoever. Always the best of the best according to my um, best research. So LukeStory.com has got everything you need. I want to thank you, my friend, for listening to the podcast. I'd also love to encourage you to forward this show and every show to follow, including next week's show with Jack Cruz, our roundtable biohacking mastermind with Aaron Alexander and Matt Maruka, to as many friends and family as you can. Um, I fear at times that I might be lost in the iTunes algorithm or that I might be... Um, even on a paranoid note, being shadow banned because I've done shows on things like vaccines and um, circumcision and there are powers that be that don't like questions asked about the official narrative of such practices. And um, you can do your part to help keep free speech alive by covertly sharing this with as many friends and family as you can. It's real easy. You click on the bottom right-hand side of your podcast app, click share. It'll give you a link or help you to text or email the show. You'd really be helping me out. You'd help our guests out, our advertisers. And um, more than anything, you'd be helping yourself. You know why? Because you're giving yourself some good damn karma from helping to awaken mankind to the solutions to our ills, which is really the purpose of this show. Finding and highlighting problems and not just stopping at the problem, but finding a solution. And you, my friend, are the key to keeping that going. Let's get past the big tech censorship, which is clearly upon us, and keep the free flow of information going throughout planet earth thank you i'll catch you next week with dr jack cruz this episode of the lifestylist podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net 